0: This weekend at Kohl's, take an extra 15% off. Save on men's and women's denim. Get Under Armour shoes for the family, $59.99 and under. And pick up a Power XL air fryer, just $84.99. Plus, take an extra $10 off your back-to-school purchase of $50 or more. Plus, store drive up. And get a little more for your wallet with Kohl's cash. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles, 15% off with promo code notebook and August 16th. Under Armour offers and coupons do not apply. 10 off 50 with promo code BTS10 and August 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.
1: What's going on, everybody? It is Wednesday night, June 3rd, 2020. Hope I can uh, get your mind off of a lot of turmoil in this world for the next two hours. Welcome to this edition. Ah, I screw that shit up every time. Welcome to this edition of Wednesday Night Dynamite. want to thank you all for tuning in. Shout out to everybody live Got a lot of stuff to talk about today, uh, mostly pro wrestling. Um, You know, we'll talk about things that went on tonight with uh, AEW and NXT. And, uh, you know, the end of NXT, you know, we got uh, maybe a little bit of a surprise to some, but, um, you know, I love it. I love it. You know... um, We needed at least one feel-good story because of everything that's going on with COVID. And uh, I tell you, this is something right now that is nice in the pro wrestling world. Now, there obviously are um, other wrestlers that we hear that WWE is offering back, but with more of a baseline pay because, as I've talked about before, uh, WWE is pretty much uh, forced to stay in florida at the present time they're not touring they're not getting any fans in attendance they're not getting that revenue so if some wrestlers want to stay on the payroll they're gonna have to take a pay cut for the for the time being you can look at this as maybe wwe's way of uh you know, is is it their form of unemployment, you know, offering some wrestlers that you're not going to be used all that much right now, but we'll give you a baseline pay. And once we had 2021 and things are a lot better, then things could go back to normal. Is it done to possibly prevent certain people from going to AEW? Let me say this. I guarantee you that some of the bigger names that were released are not going to take chump change. They'd rather go to Japan. They'd rather maybe go to, you know, another promotion here in the United States. But I love the fact that Drake Maverick remains with WWE. Uh, Talk about a feel-good story for 2020, which for us wrestling fans, that's something that I think we could use well before the george floyd tragedy but just with covid and everything that's going on um yeah i'm wearing my met hat today i wanted to wear a little bit of blue and orange kind of mix it up a little bit last week i even paid tribute to the yankees uh but look just before i go any further a lot has transpired over the last week um, you know, we already knew about the tragedy of George Floyd, but not to the extent of what we know now. And with all the the protesting and the riots, you know, it's uh, I hope to God that everybody can be a little bit better after everything. You thought the Hanukkah suicide, that maybe there's a chance that people can let up a little bit about the insults and the threats and trying to hurt other people. You know, I had someone earlier that is, you know, be, simply because, simply because that, um, you know, I have, I, I, I'm going to rant a little bit later on on the criticism that was given this week towards Chris Jericho, towards Tony Khan, towards Shad Khan. Fucking Jackson Riker, who I, I told you, I'm not a fan of the Forgotten Sons of Bitches. But I'm going to go on a little rant later. And simply because I write online that, you know, I've said a lot of dumb things in the past. But, you know, when you get older, you start looking back and you mature, you wisen up, you realize that words can really hurt you have friends, close friends that die, sometimes from suicide, sometimes uh, you know, unintentional. You get a cancer scare, you get major health issues, you get engaged, you try to turn yourself around, you try to mature, and you try to eliminate certain things. A Lot of words you will never ever hear in my mouth again that I used to say 10 years ago. You know, I take pride that I have grown, but for some reason, for some people out there, uh, they consider it a fraud. They consider it a phony. And, you know, take notice that whoever says that doesn't know me personally. I think some people out there get angry when people try to change and show love. You know, I've talked about this before. You know, just think, I am not a big fan of our president anymore. Would you have ever thought that I would feel that way a year ago? You know, I have I evolve. I allow people to get into my mind, into my thoughts, into my heart. And you know, look, if you don't like it, nobody forces you to tune into any of my shows. There are a lot of other great podcasts out there, but no one is going to make me feel guilty about you know trying to improve my life and open up a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I'm I don't like a lot of the things that have been said years ago. Uh, you get wiser, especially social media, you learn by a lot of things. And, you know, I just, it, it's a shame. It really is, especially with everything that's going on right now. Um, but, you know, where's Lars Sullivan right now, Mad Jack? He's probably in, in bed. You know, it's late, it's 10, 15. He's gotta get up early to go to the gym. Wait, what, what do you mean, wait, he's gonna be back soon. And I said before, I actually think he would be great on SmackDown right now. A big, giant, a heel. I kind of wish that maybe Dominic Dijakovic could have gone to SmackDown also. Put a real big man over there. But hey, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, anyway, I got a lot of things to get into today. Um, You know, I just watched NXT. I just watched AEW. And on the, um, my quick reaction about this week is, you know, we're going into NXT in your house uh, to take over this weekend. Now, as far as pay-per-view predictions, I'm not doing them until Friday night's Don Tony show. This way, if any matches are added, if anything changes, you know, I'll give you my predictions right before the weekend. Drake Maverick, Uh, In the finals, the main event tonight against El Hijo del Fantasma for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Um, You know, it's funny. I think some people are starting to take notice of this, and I think we mentioned this maybe a week or two ago. Uh, You see the one word that WWE has now, like, taken out of their vocabulary. Sure, COVID is another word that they've pretty much taken out of their, uh, their vocabulary, but interim. Anybody notice that the word interim has disappeared pretty much for the last couple of weeks? Even hyping up Drake Maverick versus Fantasma tonight. No interim championship anymore. So, you know, don't know where this leads in the future with Jordan Devlin, but that has just been eliminated. I don't know if anybody has noticed that. Uh, dropped. But, you know, look, I always have my mind going. And I'm too old, you know, to come up with crazy conspiracy theories. I'm too old to really lie anymore. I'd rather just, you know, be myself and yeah but sometimes when you're in this pandemic and all the tragedy that's going going around you, know, you you think of ideas especially when we do wrestling shows and i just thought of this wonderful storyline swerve of jake atlas screwing drake maverick at the very end give him a little bit of an attitude change we're wondering if el Hijo del fantasma would be the leader of all the guys that are trying to kidnap wrestlers here and there. And it's funny because Breakfast Soup on Patreon this past Saturday, Mish and I were talking about the idea of Dario Cueto maybe heading up a, a group of guys. And maybe you could have brought in Dario Cueto to be the leader of this, this group. And for people out there, you know, that... Claimed they were Lucha Underground fans, but didn't know anything about Fantasma, didn't know anything about Dario Cueto, you know, you kind of lose a little bit of me in the respect department, but, you know, so we're thinking of things, but hey, tonight, straight up match, El Gil del Fantasma defeats Drake Maverick and wins the NXT, don't call me interim Cruiserweight Champion, Drake Maverick in the ring in tears. Now, for anybody out there that is going to ask me, and I'll do this now. uh, For anyone out there that's going to ask me, when Triple H came out and asked Drake Maverick to sign the contract, do I think that was scripted? Do I think Drake Maverick knew that Triple H was coming out? I'll be honest with you. I know some of you are still convinced that Drake Maverick being released with the other names was storyline. I don't believe that in a second. No way, shape, or form. That became a nationwide story. I know it's not a huge story, but the fact that regular news stations talked about it and WWE did not try to bring up the entertainment aspect of it, this was something that we hoped about a month or so ago. That... You know, we always hear about buyer's remorse. Happens on eBay. Happens in business. I think still WWE in hindsight has a little bit of buyer's remorse. The amount of money that they paid for Gronk. You know, you got a little publicity, but, you know, they paid a lot. Um, Ah, what school do you go to? Yes. You know, I had a few people that do the Super Chats. You know, that I definitely am going to get into them a lot sooner than before and you know especially with super chats you can ask anything you want and you know for one individual that you know hey you know if he wants to talk and he wants to understand a little bit more how i feel about the world and things going on i invite him to check out the second part of the don tony show that i did this past friday i that's not scripted that's not acting or anything like that but as far as me doing YouTube and taking super chat money and lying through my teeth about my views and everything like that just to get money. I'll I'll say it to this person because I know he's watching live right now. About 75 to 80% of every dollar that I have generated on YouTube, which is a very tiny amount in case you, you don't know, it's all gone to charity. It's all been donated in many, many ways and I've put that proof up there. So, you know, I just wanted to say that but, you know, I thought of this idea, you know, Jake Atlas turning on Drake Maverick. And there is no way WWE is going to change the livelihood of 35 plus people and throw a little storyline in there as well. Don't don't buy it, don't believe it at all. Um, I think WWE never in a million years ever expected the outpouring of love towards Drake Maverick. And sure, when you look at, other people who have been released from Sarah Logan to the club and everything else. You know, you kind of feel like, wow, you know, the, the Nets, you know, voiced out because of this guy and WWE changed their mind and hired them back. But for these others, you know, they're, they're out of a job. Now, as I said before, WWE's offering lower end deals to some of these wrestlers with the hope of getting a better deal later on. So don't be surprised. I'm not making any predictions, but don't be surprised if you get like your Sarah Logans back on TV. You get here. Look at Kurt Angle. He refereed the match last week. He was one that was released before. And in case you're not aware of it, he just did an interview. I don't know if it was with Sports Illustrated. I don't have it in front of me right now. I have notes, but I'm just talking to you straight right now. Just whatever comes to my mind. But he did an interview and um, he was talking about how he was sort of blindsided by the WWE release, but it's kind of the best thing that could have happened to him at the moment because he is going through extreme pain. He's aging. He's got a lot of arthritis. He's trying to get his body in check without going back to the habits that he had in the past that we all criticized him for. Um, he's got his company, his nutrition company right now. There's been a lot of reports that it was offered to him to be the manager of Matt Riddle, which I think is a phenomenal fucking idea. But right now, you know, Kurt Angle is in a good place, but that keeps the door open. Kurt Angle making an appearance, making an appearance here, here, you know, there, there. But getting back to Drake Maverick. I truthfully believe, I truthfully believe that Drake Maverick was did not know Triple H was going to come out there and offer him a contract. I am, I truthfully believe that they discussed the idea of bringing him back periodically here and there, and would he keep his, his options open? Uh, I do not believe that Drake Maverick knew or expected Triple H to come out like that. Um, just like a lot of people out there don't think that, Oscar knew that Becky Lynch was pregnant. I don't know. But the Drake Maverick tonight felt way too, uh, the, the aura, just everything, the reactions felt way too real, way too personal. And nobody out there should be upset at this. Nobody out there should be upset because their emotions were so hurt when he got released and now WWE turned it towards storyline. The guy has a job still. That's the most important thing. So, good. Good good i kind of liked NXT more tonight than i did AEW AEW put on a decent show um when you go through match by match maybe the you know on paper i know a lot of people you know that's an old school reference because i went to school in the 80s so you know on paper it's it's a figure of speech but when you when i go over the matches you know, it doesn't sound like an extremely impressive show. I don't think anybody in their right mind thought that Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, who is six foot tall, by the way, uh, you had to tune in Monday to know why I, I say that. Uh, there was no way they were winning, those, losing those belts tonight. Um, but we did get some awesome news tonight. If, if you did not tune in to AEW, Fighter Fest is coming uh, in July, And Tony Khan made an announcement tonight on social media, and it was mentioned on Dynamite. There was a little confusion about the start times and everything. We'll clear that up right now. But Tony Khan pretty much said to everybody, look, this one's on us. For everybody who supported us with pay-per-view, they're going to air Fighter Fest, not on pay-per-view, but it is going to be taking place uh, July 1st and the July 8th editions of Dynamite. Now there was some controversy because uh, I guess the it was uh, some people interpreted or maybe AEW made a mistake with the time, and uh, they thought it was going to start at 10 p.m. on those days, and that's a big no-no because um, I do my show on that time. You can't do it, man. Right now, AEW is doing a live recap. You know they do it every Wednesday. Hey, if you want to tune into someone else live, you know I'm not going to be be smirch or get mad at anybody for doing so. But, um, you know, it's going to be the regular episodes of Dynamite, July 1st and July 8th. So, Fighter Fest will be on regular TV. Don't have to pay for it. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how WWE reacts to that because they have a month now, really, to plan how they want to, you know, uh, come back with that on their shows. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh big shout out to Cassette Classics. Um Vader 93 or Yoko 93 if I had a choice of the two. You know what? I probably would go with um Wow, that's a that's a good one. You know, I was always a big fan of both. Uh, Vader always intimidated the fuck out of me when he went on that tour. You know when uh, he went on the indie series it was right, and this might have been nineteen ninety five when he went on like some redneck tour and he was just destroying jobbers and would show up in indie feds and this was I think supposed to set up something with him and Hogan, that was awesome man he was just destroying people, Yoko ninety three I enjoyed that, um, you know it, it he it's a shame. That his weight really got in the way. You know, you think 1993 with Yoko. You think of Lex Luger, the Intrepid. You know, all of that. Um, Yoko was a massive, but unfortunately, the the weight was just too much. I I love the work he did with Owen, but if you could ask me strictly for 1993, I go with Vader. To be honest with you. Um, for the goofs, I should start saying, where is the proof? Well, you want to know something? That's a good segue. What school did you go to? Because I want to talk about something before we go any further. Um, you know, it's big news. And uh, I, on Monday's DTKC show, and I always said Wednesday Night Dynamite is a show that is everything but Raw or SmackDown. And 99.9% of the time, that is the case. Now, yes, I'm not going to lie. If super chats come in, I answer anything you want me to answer, you know? Because that keeps the shows going. That helps with expenses. You know, I don't need to go into the whole ritual of things I've said over the years. You know, I'm doing this. This is my 20. In fact, I think it's six days. It's my 23 year anniversary doing this stuff. It was, I think, June 9th, 1997, first Hotline episode I ever did with pro wrestling. So, you know, up until recent years, every penny out of my own pocket. Never got that back. Everything. So, you know, if they're, you know, contributing like that, the least I can do is answer pretty much anything they want to ask. I could care, you know, like you could ask me anything. Just be a little respectful about it, you know. I'm not, you know, fragile, but, you know... too much going on in this world to be, you know, playing baby shit. But as I said, 99.9% of everything I do on this show on Wednesdays is everything but Raw or SmackDown. But on Monday's show, you know, we saw the Kyrie Sane-Nia Jax match. And, you know, there was all these reports of all this tremendous blood and this, this, and that. And when I saw the match on Monday, yes, it looked a little edited from the outside spot to in the ring, but d- didn't see any blood. So, you know, my reaction was, where is the blood? Like, where is the beep? Where is the blood? And, you know, the thing I found interesting, and, you know, I even mentioned this Monday is a lot of these goofs on the news world, they don't have sources. Because if they had sources and knew about the first part of it, they would know the rest of it. It was only after Kyrie Sane updated her social media page Monday night did all of these articles, these follow-up articles come out. Oh, how did WWE finish the match? It wasn't that they had sources all along. They saw Kyrie Sane's Twitter with the photos that were included, and they said, oh, okay, they edited this, and that's how they did it. So during the show, I was not aware that her photos were updated on her social media. So as soon as this show ended, I went right on Kyrie Sane's Twitter, and I looked at the photos, and at, you probably have seen it already for the preview picture for tonight's episode, but uh, I saw this. You know, looks like a little scratch, top of her head, not a big deal, still cute. You know, she's she's attractive. I know a lot of people absolutely adore her, not just physically, but her career. I'm looking at that, I'm like, all right. You know, it looks like a little of that, you know, that stuff you, you know, you pour on with a little paintbrush that kind of stops the bleeding. And then I see this, I see that. And I'm saying to myself, you know, you know, I can't even put it in a little corner. I know that's a little bit, you know, maybe uh, extreme for some of you out there, but that is the result of her getting tossed into the ring steps. And, you know, it's very disturbing. I feel absolutely terrible for her. And honestly, I didn't want to wait until next Monday's show. And I didn't want to wait till Friday to say it. But I, want to, I figured I want to talk about it now a little bit. Um... You know, this is how I look at it. You know, I understand. And, you know, when Nia Jax hit that buckle bomb, and I remember some people playing the audio, and it sounded like Kyrie Sane yelling out,
0: I'm not ready! I'm not ready!
1: You know, and she got thrown in there anyway. And you see the repeated matches with Nia Jax and the repeated incidents, repeated injuries. You know, I understand... You know, and I've defended Nia Jax many times in the past. Um, But it gets to a point where something isn't right. When you have not once, not twice, three times someone is facing someone and they keep having substantial injuries going on. Um, When I look back at Nia throwing her into the ring steps, You know, I know some people may get angry at this, but it's not like Nia Jax picked her up and physically flung her head first into the tip of the steps. I blame that more on WWE than anything else because of allowing moves like that to happen. Now, sure, you look at how all the times, all the hundreds of times, people have been thrown into ring steps. And they'll, they'll go uh, arm first, they'll go back first, you know, You usually don't go head first. And of course, Naya is going to fling her a little bit because of the suspension of disbelief is she threw her into those steps. Then it's up to Kyrie Sane to finish the spot. But just everything about it felt um, similar to the buckle bomb, that... It just felt like the spot wasn't ready to be done. And sometimes, and and in really examining Nia Jax closely, and I'm not a wrestler, okay? Tried a little bit, didn't do good. Managed a little bit, didn't do good. I'm not a wrestler, all right? And I try to keep an open mind. I understand Kyrie Sane is some of your favorites out there. I know there's a lot of you out there that absolutely hate Nia Jax, I'm going to give you my opinion whether you agree with it or not or whether you like it or not. And Nia Jax, I don't think, is as terrible as everybody paints her to be. But I don't think she's reckless with, with the exception of one thing. And this is something that I think maybe some of you out there never thought about before. And this is my conclusion with the Nia Jax situation. I feel that the problem with Nia Jax is that when she's in the ring with someone, she can't continue a series of moves based on her cadence. Sometimes something happens for whatever reason. You know, somebody... You know, I always think back to Wrestling With Shadows, Bret Hart Wrestling With Shadows. Remember the clip... With Dino Bravo, when Bret Hart went into the guardrail and I and he hurt his ribs, and Dino Bravo, you know, like picked him up and Dino Bravo didn't know he was hurt and was still stomping and this, this and that, you know, there, there's a lack of communication there with Nia Jax. Now I remember that audio clip when she threw Kyrie Sane into the corner with the buckle bomb. All right. I know a lot of people said that Kyrie said, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. But my point is this. I don't think Nia Jax is as reckless as everybody thinks that she is. But my only problem, and again, I'm taking a stance that I don't think a lot of people have taken. In fact, I don't recall ever seeing anybody write this or even talking about it. I think Nia Jax, if someone is not ready or if something is a little bit off, you have to have the wherewithal that even if somebody does not open their mouth, if you pick up someone and they're not positioned the right way, or if it doesn't seem like they're ready, or if maybe something looks a little bit off to you, that maybe you pause, or maybe you do something, or maybe you just ask under your breath, you all right, you all right? Look, I could do it right now without, without even moving my lips, you all right? You all right? Hey, you all right? Hey, look, I'm uh, on Look, hey, you're right. You're right. Don't drink me. Don't drink me. Ah! So, I think Nia Jax, it's almost like a game that doesn't have a pause button. That, you know, y- y- like the balloon machine, it doesn't have a pause button. Once the air starts blowing up, I can't stop it unless I pull it off. Nia Jax needs a pause button. She's got to have the instinct and the wherewithal that if something doesn't seem right, if there's a little bit off, if somebody seems they're not ready, if it looks like they're not ready, you can't have the I don't give a fuck attitude. You should be ready and do the move anyway. That's my opinion on the buckle bomb. And that's my opinion on the ring steps. I don't think Nia Jax is as responsible for her going headfirst into the ring steps. But I also feel that she doesn't have a grasp on when someone is ready for some spots. And especially with with Kyrie, saying, and what's happened in the past, there should be some extra communication. Especially if there's a little bit of a language barrier. I mean, how much does it take when you got... Tom Phillips and Byron Saxton and Samoa Joe talking loud, especially everything is fucking pre-recorded. You know, they're loud and everything and while they're loud, you're okay. You're okay? You okay? You know, what is that is that too much to ask? It just seems like when she's ready to do something, there ain't nothing stopping her. And I think that is the problem with Nia Jax. And again, you know, I don't talk about Raw or Smackdown on this show, but you know, I felt really bad for Kyrie Sane, and you know, she, she, you you also add what what I have been you know talking about for the last two months that you know it just felt that slowly WWE was you know I don't like using the term buried, but as a wrestling fan, you know when someone loses all the time. You start as a wrestling fan getting that suspension and disbelief that the person cannot win. And winning ref- also reflects the attitude of WWE. You don't give belts to people who are 0-51. You know, and even if they were 0-51, they usually become 1 and 51, 2 and 51, 3 and 51, 4 and 51, and get a little bit of momentum, and then boom, they get belts. You don't see too many people that are on egregious losing streaks, and then all of a sudden they get a championship reign done. And then when that happens, what does social media say? Oh, why are you putting a belt in that person? Look at this other person who, who you... So winning gives the suspension of disbelief. Winning is momentum. And you look at the way Kyrie Sane has been used in the recent months, it feels like, and this is why people, I think, keep saying, oh, she's on her way out, she's on her way out. Because if Kyrie Sane is is such a tremendous talent in someone uh, in WWE's eyes, if she was 40 and she was close to retirement, and now it's time for her to give back and help elevate some of the other women on the roster that need to be elevated and she has been on TV for a very long time, I could see that. But when you have someone who's in the prime of their career, and they're on a winning streak, and they're doing well, doing well, and then all of a sudden, you know, she's tag champs, and meanwhile, Oscar's feuding with Becky Lynch, Oscar's feuding with this person, Oscar's feuding with this person, and Kyrie Sane is nowhere to be found. And then when she's back, Loses the tag titles, loss, loss, squash, injury, loss, loss, squash, injury, loss, loss, squash, inju- injury. As wrestling fans, and you keep seeing that over and over again, you know, you feel like, eh, look at Brazongo tonight. You know, my second favorite theme song in NXT. I'm happy Brazongo are number one contenders for the NXT tag titles. I am a big Brazongo fan. My track record talking about them says it all. But they have lost so much as Brazongo, And Fandango comes back from an injury now, and then all of a sudden we're supposed to forget about all of the fucking losses that WWE kept showing us on TV. Loss, 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 loss. And we're supposed to suddenly think they have a shot at the tag titles? You know, losses... I, we have said in the past, losses don't matter. If you're getting paid a comfortable salary and you're working and WWE is is content with your work, whether you're winning or losing, if you're getting a good payday and that's your job, you know, uh, there are people in movies that work in horror movies and all they do in horror movies is scream and get killed repeatedly. You know, they're not usually the superhero. Uh, people have their roles, but... You know, the you gotta understand that in the world of pro wrestling, titles are given to winners. Titles are not given to losers. You know, somebody gets pinned and loses, they're not they don't become champion. Winning equals championships. And Kyrie Sane, in a lot of people's eyes, has been buried. And, you know, that's cool if she remains under contract, but when she starts Uh, people just start bypassing her matches because the interest is not there anymore, and you almost have a hopeless, like, she ain't winning tonight. What the fuck am I even going to watch it for? That's what happens. So I I agree. I agree, Mish. Definitely need some type of resurgence. Um, She's going to be out for a little while now with this injury. But again, I think Nia Jax needs to have a better Perspective. And I'm saying it, and this is why I said in the teaser for tonight's show that I was going to do this respectfully. Look, I'm going to segue into something else right now. You know, I know a lot of people are very angry at Nia Jax. Maybe a little bit angry that she didn't, I, as far as I know, she didn't apologize for any of this stuff. And sure, you know, maybe because of a character, you don't have her apologize publicly. I heard nice things about Nia Jax behind the scenes. For all we know, she could have been you know, with Kyrie saying right after this and had tons of remorse. But the thing is, is, you know, I I looked at social media the last couple of days. This fat pig, this fat bitch, this fat careless fuck, fat And look, yeah, I've said some insults and heinous shit over the years as well. But you think, you know, especially with, the recent tragedies you see about all this bullying stuff, you know. Again, this goes back to what I said before. You know, there's nothing wrong with learning from your mistakes and trying to grow a little bit, and that's that's it's very hard to fake that. And I have looked back on things I've said, and I've kind of embarrassed. But I let's let's put it this way: I think people out there, even some people tonight that got a little uh, cruel with me. And if, look, if you want to talk privately, I'm cool with that, just, you know, through other channels, let me know, we'll talk. But the thing is, is that one thing you could be certain is that my changing on my views on a lot of things over the last couple of years, that has not happened at the, at the result of being busted. Brother, being caught. Brother, be you know, being exposed brother, you know, there's a lot of people that change their ways because they got caught or busted. You know, I just evolved. And, you know, I'm not no PC guy. I'll still say stupid shit, and I'll regret things that I say from time to time. But, you know, you think after the hanukkah suicide, you know, and, yeah, I I bring up her name a lot, and other people do as well. And it seems like the people that never gave two flying fucks about her career before, never paid attention to stardom or anything else like that, you know, they kind of feel a little uncomfortable. Why are her names keep bringing up? Why are her names keep bringing up? Look at Danny Havoc. Danny Havoc. I wrote a little thing on social media that, yeah, I was being a dick. Of course I was. Danny Havoc, 90% of you out there, never heard of Danny Havoc. CZW guy, GCW guy, you look around, you see Moxley writing that he was pretty much in tears when he heard that Danny Havoc had died. You see Drew Gulak, you see Kevin Owens and other wrestlers all paying tribute to Danny Havoc, 34 years old. His wife died a couple of months ago at 27. And Friday, I well, I think it was, was it Friday or Monday? I think it was Friday because I really don't get into some topics on Monday, you know, unless my co-host follows them co-host follows them as well. But um, you know, the cause of death of Danny Havoc, a lot of people are fearing, you know, pretty much, and I don't want to say that word until we know for sure, but a lot of people know that he was in a massive depression because his wife died two months earlier. And the 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 the, the fear going around is that he passed away. Um, you know you could figure it out. You see anybody talking about it? Nothing, nothing at all. These are the same people that didn't give a shit about Hanakamura, Kamara. But because it was such a tremendous topic and everybody was talking about it, oh, you know, it's such a tragedy, suicide, bullying, we need to stop, we need to stop. And that's why I wrote a week and a half ago the formula, what people do. They start at level one, make fun of people, belittle them, you know, put them down. Sometimes you do it, you hide it behind jokes. So, hi, hey, funny guy. Then tragedy strikes. And then, oh, you know, we all need to take a step back. We need to realize that you can't just assume the other person on the other side of that joke is laughing as much as you. And everybody can, and not that? And then after a few days, it wears off, you know. I, I used up all that, you know, that... Uh, emotion on Hanakamura and then eventually you go right back to step one and do it all over again. And that's how I felt when I saw this stuff written towards Nia Jax. There's nothing wrong with people saying that sh- that they feel she's god awful, she's terrible, she's you know she's uh, you know shouldn't be in the ring, you know she's she's this, she's that. But when you do the personal attacks and everything like that, it's very hard to you know really look like you're making a statement when or you know when you're just using the name, calling the horrible names and stuff like that. And again, you look at Danny Havoc, um, and it's true. A lot of social justice warriors are the most evil people around. And you look at the entertainment world. I've been talking about this for a couple of years now with the Me Too movement. Some of the biggest outspoken men for the Me Too movement end up getting exposed for doing the very thing that they're against. A lot of people with you know, the biggest voices about animal rights and this is You that, know, you find out that you know, they were an abuser or they, they... It's a lot of people that are the most outspoken you know, are the ones that are the most guilty of it. Now, for anybody that is interested, I figured I'd share it with you, especially for AEW fans out there. Yeah, I mentioned on, uh, I think it was Friday, that Danny Havoc was a great artist, did a lot of stuff for CZW for a lot of you that aren't aware of this, these Moxley designs for uh, John Moxley's aew shirts, some of them you've seen before in the shirts and some of you have not all these designs are Danny havock's. so I think Moxley's first ever shirt in aew was Moxley's first shirt in aew was Danny Havoc's design, believe it or not. So, you know, that guy, like I said, you know, I said tonight I was going to pay one last tribute to him. You know, if the hanukkah suicide shook a lot of people out there, you know, take, pay attention to this story. Because it's a tragedy just as much, you know. You may not, you know, be as widely known, but if you really were shook about, you know, just depression, not saying that Danny Havoc was bullied. Notice how I'm not saying that, but depression is depression. People need to take that a little more seriously. Um, also, when it comes to what's going on with the George Floyd protests, and unfortunately, some people using his name in vain to basically just steal, and you've seen some tragic murders take place the last couple of days. Again, for anybody that did not, Watch what I said last Friday on the Don Tony Show. I spent over an hour on this. I think you would be shocked at a lot of the things that I have changed my views on. And that is only through time and growing, you know. But, um, you know, I got to speak for a minute about Shad Khan, Tony Khan, Linda Hogan, brother, Chris Jericho, and others. You know, a couple of years ago, When Black Lives Matter first came around, I'm not gonna hide it, I admit it. I was one of those people that said, no, no, I agree, Black Lives Matter, of course, but I believe all lives matter. You treat everybody with the same respect. Everybody matters. That's what I used to say. Never understood truly why the phrase Black Lives Matter is very important and i learned over time that that phrase is not saying that only black lives matter but the one example that a lot of people have been using lately uh is the the fire example you know you're a fireman there's a house on fire of course every house on the block matters but right now one house is burning and that house matters, you know, right now more than anything. And you have to help put that fire out. Same thing with Black Lives Matter. So I have evolved over time, you know, and now I understand why that is not, you know, uh, to, to try to exclude everybody else. Everybody matters. All lives matter. But especially with what's going on, Black Lives Matter just as much as anyone else. So Chris Jericho... On, uh, I think, his podcast recently, he was talking about all lives matter, but he was taken out of context. And right away, people are ripping him, um, AEW, how could you, you know, de- allow that, and blah, 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 and this, this, and that. And meanwhile, Jericho, who has contributed to a lot of causes in the past for people of color— he donated $5,000 to the GoFundMe for, for George Floyd. You know, the memorials, family, and everything. And I think everybody and their mother could see over a 30-year career that Chris Jericho is, is you know, people, and, I, and I'm and i sorry if this angers anybody out there. I, I tell you straight out whether you like it or not. I think some people out there need to understand you keep calling people racist because of... Words that you interpret the wrong way. You keep doing that. It was like the Me Too movement, all right? Me Too, you know, you keep taking every little thing and putting it in the Me Too. You start diminishing the value of it. You know, just because I use the Trump example. And remember, I'm not as anywhere near the fan of Trump as I was before. There's a lot of things that are pissing me off for quite some time now. But just because somebody voted for Trump does not make them a racist, that leads to Shad Khan. I understand Shad Khan, owner of Jacksonville Jaguars, had some issues with some players. Some people, you know, bring up some things about Shad Khan that may not be, you know, the, 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 the best traits ever. But when people out there only use the fact that Shad Khan donated a million dollars to the Trump campaign last time around. That doesn't make Shad Khan a racist. That doesn't make him a bad, and the reason why I bring that up is because Shad Khan, who is, was one of the most outspoken owners in the NFL, just went public and, was, and wrote online the last 24 hours or so. Racism, this is a quote, racism in all forms will kill. It kills people. It kills communities. It kills dreams. It kills hope. For many Americans, now is the moment. Never has been, that has been clearer. I don't want to waste this moment. You know what he got showered with? You donated a million dollars to Trump. Your words don't matter. Unfortunately for people out there, life is not based on what you agree with or who people support. Or political affiliation. So Shad Khan is getting berated right now. And the number one reason they use: he donated a million dollars to the Trump campaign. That's why I said on Twitter earlier tonight that upset some people. If your response to Shad Khan saying that we all need to be better is you donated a million dollars to Trump, you're no fucking better. You're the problem. You're the problem. You know, when you have a problem, you know, there's a fire, you know, yeah, you may know who started the fire, or you may know who who inflamed the fire, but just because you, you want, all you're doing is adding more gasoline to the fire, and that makes you no better than you caught claiming Shad Khan is this, 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 and this, all right? Second thing, Linda Hogan. I don't like Linda Hogan. I've been saying that, and I, I have been blocked from Hogan forever, because going back to the Graziano days. All right, brother. Linda Hogan goes on social media, and she puts her high heels in her mouth. And let me get to this. This is disgusting. She she is a hot mess. I agree with you, miss. She is a hot mess. Her fucking uh, 19-year-old boyfriend at the time probably was more mature than her. And that fucking guy looked like an extra from fucking Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, and we going surfing, bro. She goes on social media. And the thing is, if you put the times, and she's deleted it since, by the way. You look at the timestamp of when she posted on social media, and you look at what news was on TV at the time, if you put the two together, you understand why she said what she said. The problem is you cannot, because this idiot is in, I guess, California or whatever, and she's got all these other things in the world that matter more and this, is and that. And then you turn on the TV for five minutes, watch one little news clip, and then just pretty much think that everybody's doing the same thing. There was a part over the weekend... Where a Philadelphia, right near Mish's neck of the woods, because Mish is Philly country now, uh, a, a corner store in Philadelphia, I think it was a drug store, got looted and by the neighborhood, and almost everybody that went in there was black, and that was a, a picture representation of the neighborhood. The problem is, is right after that, they showed California and a lot of white people stealing. In Florida, a lot of white people stealing. A lot of this and all these other areas. She turned on the TV for probably 30 seconds and saw a clip of a few black people running out of a pharmacy. And she writes, and I quote, Watching the looting. It's all Afro-Americans. Not sure how robbing and stealing uh, set the record straight, but if they want to be heard, they need to be civilized. That's what she wrote. All Afro-Americans. So she's an idiot. She's ignorant, naive, and she deserves all the criticism and abuse she's getting right now. But here's where it gets better. Tony Khan. Goes out public and Tony Khan says, uh, and I quote, um, let me see, I have it here. Oh, okay, he writes, You've now joined your husband in being banned from all AEW shows. Congratulations. Now, of course, the chances of Linda Hogan going to a wrestling event is a lot slimmer than people think, but basically, a blue check mark. Decided to berate a blue check mark. That's what it was. Tony Khan said that about Linda Hogan. And how is Tony Khan? Not everybody. You know, people need to pay close attention when I write stuff on Twitter. Because when I say people that were triggered, people that can't get these people's names out of their fucking mouth and have to tweet 5, 10, 20 times about it. You know, those are the people that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about anyone out there that, you know, disagrees with it or doesn't like something or has a problem. I'm talking about the people that are obsessed with just dagger, dagger, putting down, dagger, dagger, dagger. Those are the people I talk about. You know, I wrote about the Tony Khan thing, and right away I get people say, "It hey, was well, it's intrigued. I only mentioned it once. Well, then it, what I say doesn't apply to you. I'm not fucking putting on disclaimers, hey everybody, you know here's how I feel, but I want to make it clear that I wasn't talking about Mish, and I wasn't talking about John, and I wasn't talking about Robert, and I wasn't talking about Alan, and I wasn't talking about Lee, and I wasn't talking about Joshua, and I wasn't talking about Marianne. If the shoe fucking fits, wear it. If you think it applies to you, I'm making an opinion. But here's what Tony Khan got. From a lot of people. Go search it out. See for yourself. You know what you know what people did? Hey, Tony. Hey, Tony. Nobody Linda wasn't going to your fucking show anyway. If you gotta open up your fucking mouth, maybe you explain how the fuck you put Mike Tyson on your show? Look at his fucking history. You're banning Hogan and you but meanwhile you got Mike Tyson on. That's what that's what you go through. So whether Tony Khan should have said that or not. He is outraged by it. He basically tells her, Hey, you're not welcome. And she's probably like, I ain't fucking going there anyway. Fine. But let it go. Move on. This is a guy that took it. But no, everybody's got to play gotcha. Everybody's got to play gotcha. Jackson Riker. Jackson Riker. He writes on Twitter, and this is why I said Monday. I said it on social media once. I thought that would be enough. I said it on the show Monday once. I thought it'd be enough. Hey, everybody. Hey, DT, what do you think about Jackson Riker talking about how he's proud of our president, proud of our country, and this, this, and that? I said, you think it's he's telling the truth, or you think it's storyline? You know what? I don't want to guess. I don't want to guess. I moved on. I was brought up on the show Monday. All right, I say it again. So now Donald Trump Jr. responds to Jackson Riker, and he's like, you know, thank you for serving the country, blah, 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 blah. Jackson Riker is getting ripped the fuck apart right now because he supports our president. I give this challenge to everybody out there. I would have failed this challenge five, six years ago. Absolutely, I don't deny it. But I give everybody this challenge. When you see Trump and his wife in an empty church, I don't care if he looks goofy with the red skin or you don't like him and he's evil in your eyes and this and that, but especially when one tweet, oh, we need to stop being better people, and then the next week I want to throw up looking at this fucking disgraced racist in a fucking church. Take Trump's name, and if you would think it's appropriate For people to have said that six years ago about Obama, 12 years ago about, or 15 years ago about Bush, 20-something years ago about Clinton, if it is inappropriate to say some of these things for other presidents out there, chances are it's probably inappropriate now. You don't like the motherfucker? Vote him out of office. Fucking don't pay attention to his shit other than the the ballot box. Preach what you want to to speak. I'm not saying that we all need to fucking become, you know. The point is, is that, unfortunately, we live in a free country. If someone fights for our country and wants to be supportive of our president and feels that Trump wants to stop the rioting, not the protesters, you know, look, if you feel otherwise, totally respect your opinion. But when you turn around and berate other people simply because look at Jericho when he interviewed Don Jr. Not a big fan of John Don Jr. either. Jericho interviews him. AEW, can you explain this? The fuck is this? How could you put this guy on? How could you put the the the, the, the son of a racist on the show? Again, this country where I live, it's freedom of speech. It's freedom of expression it's there's a lot of freedoms and if you disagree with those freedoms you have every right to do so but you have no right to you know try to you know cancel someone off of the net and try to ruin their life simply because their political view is different simply because their interpretation of All Lives Matter seems bitter and heinous. Chris Jericho has shown no signs ever of being a racist, and yet people are hounding AEW. How the fuck could you allow that? Hounding Tony Khan. How could you fucking have Tyson on? You know? So this is what Lance Storm was talking about with the the gotcha stuff. So it's disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. And... You see, you see that formula that I said a week and a half ago. Unfortunately, when I say things like that on social media, it gets very few likes. I talked about Danny Havoc. And I said, shout out to everybody who didn't give a flying fuck that this guy, it looks like he may have killed himself out of depression. And look at all the fucking people out there that just totally bypassed it. Why? Because it wasn't a popular enough topic to talk about, you know, wasn't getting them their 30, 40 or 50 tweet likes, but you see once, especially the ladies start bringing it up and some of these other people start bringing it then all of a sudden, Oh my God, I just heard about it now. Oh my God. What a tragedy. We need to be better people. We need to really take depression seriously. Why the fuck is Don Tony slapping his chest? What am I? Kamala? Oh, yeah. You see it. You see it. So well, Linda Hogan said she deserves to get Lillian Garcia. All right. Lillian Garcia. Our Starbucks got raided. And, you know, Lillian Garcia, she just went to the fucking Chad Gaspard funeral. She fucking cried for this guy on the beach. She's a wonderful person. No signs of racism for Linda Garcia at, at all. And a local business, she's looking at that an innocent business person lost their entire business because of what happened. The answer back is, oh, well, insurance will pay for it. That doesn't justify it. But because it was a Starbucks, well, excuse me, Linda, looks like you're going to have to buy your coffee at 7-Eleven from now on. Look at this fucking shallow, blah, 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 blah. You just shame her. And totally unnecessary. Totally unnecessary. I look back of all my anger towards President Obama. If Obama was running for president right now, I would not vote for him. Um, But I have looked back at some of the things that he has said and done, and I actually agree with a lot of what he says and done. And, you know, to that guy that, you know, was trying to start shit earlier today no i don't do that for fucking youtube likes or anything like that i look back with an open mind and now i understand this and now i understand that i even fucking said last last friday now i understand kaepernick a little bit more look at john cena john cena simply posted a picture of kaepernick kneeling the other day why come all the people that are against kaepernick kneeling didn't have the balls fucking confront John Cena over that. Why? Because John Cena's got eight, 85 million followers, and I know I'm exaggerating. John Cena is one of the most beloved popular people around now. People take, see a lot more than just the wrestling. You know, it's, it's the people that you can conveniently have everybody gang up on, that's what's popular. And that's disgusting. So, you know, I, 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 I have no problem if anybody disagrees with me on my views, you know, is is let down that I've changed my ways or is happy that I changed my ways, you know? Some people do change and evolve over time, you know? And uh, this this gentleman right here, I thank you very much. And you didn't have to do that because, you know, I, I'd be more than happy to, to post it. Um, and shit, uh, I kind of fucked up on the super chats right now, I accidentally closed the um you know the visible shout out, and I don't even know if I could get this back up quickly, you know with everything that was going on um you know what, maybe I can bring it back quickly if not, you know I gotta just shout them out verbally i in fact i I will tell everybody right now you don't need to send any more super chats right now because I accidentally closed it, and I don't want to interrupt the video for this, but um you know, I I want to give a shout-out to Cheeseburger66. You know, I mean, you probably see it in the back anyway, you know, because that thing's still working. But um, he supports our president. He feels the rioters are un-American. I don't think the rioters are un-American. I think people are taking advantage of the tragedy. And we'll move on back to wrestling right now. But I wanted to mention that because of what I've seen towards Shad Khan and Tony Khan and Lillian Garcia and Chris Jericho. You know, those are not people that have a track record of being racist in any way, shape or form. You know, there's a lot of people that may not look at a phrase and interpret it the same way towards you. But when you explain it in a a mature way and educate it, you know, I give credit to everybody who used the burning building Example because it made it made total sense to me. You know a couple of years ago I would have said no all lives matter, you know, I treat everybody the same I treat everybody with respect and I treat everybody how I want to be treated. Why what's wrong with that? Now you understand why it's so important because they're they're the ones right now that are being extra abused and singled out and that's that's the way it is look Anybody that's followed me, and I promise you we'll move back to wrestling in one minute. Anybody, because we still got another hour. But anybody that's followed me, over the years, I've told a lot of growing up Don Tony stories. I've told stories of, you know, my, my friend fooling around with this girl, babysitting, and we went into the drawers and stole thousands of dollars of cash. When I worked for the so- finest supermarkets when I was 19 years old, we fucking, pa- in the middle of the night on night crew, we passed outside the door about $1,000 in cigarettes and condoms and aspirins, and we went to the Bronx the next day and sold most of it. A lot of my friends, you know, kept the cigarettes. I kept some Salem Light 100s myself and some condoms. Uh, But the point is, is that, you know, some people, you know, steal here and there when they're grown up. It doesn't justify it. But the thing is, is that people saw this opportunity, especially in New York. I can only speak for New York. But, you know, anybody that goes on my Twitter, you probably saw earlier that, you know, I put a picture up of this, all right? Cuomo... And I honestly didn't think I was going to be able to segue into this tonight. But Cuomo has got billboards all over New York. Curfew starts at 8 p.m. tonight. That's, to me, how that building should look right now. You know, when you have de Blasio and Cuomo, my neck of the woods, that are telling the cops, stand down. Somebody's fucking hitting a brick in your face. You can't fucking, you know, defend yourself. Somebody almost runs you over with a car. You can't fucking hop in your car and chase the motherfucker down. Somebody almost kills your life. You can't defend. Like, the looters realized that New York is doing virtually nothing about it. So the looters, they have the mindset because I read it all over social media. Hell, what happened in Queen Center Mall the other day was, was online five, six hours before it happened. And we all in our neighborhood were talking about, holy shit, they're going to try to loot Queen Center Mall later on. You think that word would have gotten around and maybe you say something on the news, you know, to the, to the people, to the, 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 the looters, they think you're going to Queen Center Mall, we're going to be there with law enforcement waiting for you. No, nothing is said. So when they get away with it, in a city, Queens Center Mall, here, there, there, and the cops are standing down, you know, and you're in the middle of COVID, and you got no money, and I'm not justifying it, but I'm just making the point. You got no money, COVID, nobody could go out, nobody, you know, people are getting all these bills and this, this, and that. A lot of these people are looking at it like, oh, they got insurance, man. Yeah, I steal the fucking thing. They got insurance. Insurance will pay them back. You know, they'll be made whole again. Unfortunately, a lot of people in my neck of the woods take the easy way out with insurance. I talked about it on Friday. I had people saying to me, hey, you know, do I am I covered for this or covered for that? So a lot of these young people out there trying to steal this, trying to steal that, their mindset is our fucking state is doing nothing about it. We could get away with it. We hate authority already. We've been programmed on social media for years and years and years that the police are assholes and they're racist and they're biased and this and that. So fuck them, fuck them all. And then when you have our our politicians doing nothing about it, it's you know giving people bigger set of balls. Hey, you know I gonna fucking go. I'll, I'll steal. They got insurance. They'll get the money back. The government will pay them back. Eh. You know, it's, but the problem is when you start getting the people who are lifetime criminals and people going out there with guns and start killing innocent people or beating the fuck out of that woman in upstate New York, that's when you realize that it's not just teenagers trying to pass cigarettes out a door or trying to just take a phone, you know, they're here and there, something, the, uh, walk, come home with a brand new TV. It's a lot more than that. So there is a shitload that, uh, I'm not happy with right now. So I hope it gets better quick. I do. Um, and I hope people could stop with the fucking formula. I know it's not popular, you know, to be kind of like a straight up person. And as you know, I dealt with earlier and you, a lot of you have dealt with in the past that some people get angry when you try to make yourself a better person. Um, you got to just do your own thing, man. Do your own thing. But uh, anyway, with that said, let's move on. Um couple of things I want to just let everybody know. Um, funny video online. You know, I have nothing against QT Marshall in AEW. He's got the school. He works behind the scenes. He comes off as a likable guy. I've seen some of his work for other promotions But Q T Marshall is vanilla plain, not really charismatic on the mic. Doesn't have a long storied public career that we've seen on regular television for years and years and years. He looks like someone that you know would be on Velocity or Main Event and maybe get virtually no offense in, and then doing storylines with fucking the bunny. And now they're doing things online, which was a funny video nonetheless. But Diamond Dallas Page is giving him the diamond cutter and this, is and that. You know, I understand management, you know, basically rewarding themselves and giving them positions on television because they work so hard for the company. But, you know, I'm sorry. I say this with the utmost respect. QT Marshall, ninety percent of fans out there don't know who you are if i take a picture of you in full gear not just regular clothes wait, wait is that the guy that works at Models? no if i put take a picture of you in full wrestling garb and went to an indie wrestling event later on this year once we're allowed to have fans again and i just say who that who this who this you could fuck the bunny on television you could have a relationship you could get married on television have the miss elizabeth wedding you, she's gonna turn on you anyway in storyline you, you bit the apple it's like adam and eve she's the devil that's where the storyline i think is going the point is at this particular and i like qt marshall i praised him before but right now you take qt marshall who that who this who this 95% of fans are going to be like, I have no idea. I have no idea. Is that Is that, Is that the guy that CM Punk tried to sue? So, you know, doing the DDP Diamond Cutter videos, and yes, I understand doing these things and trying to make them more of a household name, but man, let's see someone like a QT Marshall that doesn't work in the office, that doesn't work behind the scenes for AEW. Let's see someone else get that QT Marshall treatment. Name one person, name anybody. That's not part of management that's getting that kind of treatment on TV. Who, 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 who? And I'm talking about somebody where 95% of fans cannot identify and this person is on TV dating this person and he's getting Hall of Famers to, you know, like the Godfather. I pass this heirloom over to you you know, at least fucking Sean Spears when he gets the glove for you know uh, tonight from Tully Blanchard, you know the glove oh, the glove. you know at least we know Sean Spears is and Tully Blanchard everything like that. but seriously, QT Marshall, name me a QT Marshall right now in Aew that's getting that kind of t- TV exposure and storylines and stuff like that. A QT Marshall. Someone that 95% of people out there would not know. Who this? Who that? Just my opinion. Just my opinion. He, he, he Look, he seems like a likable guy. I hear nothing but great things about him. That doesn't mean you put him in an, a storyline where he bites into the apple. And And even if she does turn on him, look at the fucking, the butcher and the blade. The good humor guys. I mean, you think that after being berated as AEW was on the air last week, after being berated with all that stuff, hey, you know, man, you know, I think you know, we brought you brought an extra set of clothes with you, right? You know, I think when we do that segment with uh, F FTR, you know, maybe we should not look like we're about to sell ice cream. Who the fuck cares about the ice cream men jumping FTR? Oh, they're going to fight each other next week. Are they going to wear the goofy white again? What are you going to do? Now they're going to come out wearing s and outfits again? Oh, my God. It's God. It's God awful. Seriously. You know. And I'm an AEW fan. But things like that, it's just like I don't get it. You got these guys, you know, they start, people are starting to get behind them. You see people doing drawings and artwork, the butcher, the blade, the bunny. It is kind of funny to see like a young kid under the age of 16 drawing like wrestlers and S&M leather outfits and stuff like that. But you're getting all this momentum. And then, the ne- then all of a sudden they come back and they're wearing ice cream white. Where is that character development? You know, I could see if they were doing skits to lead up to this. What happened to the Dark Order? All of a sudden, I'm telling you, man. You know, some some of it is great. Some of it, you know, again, you put certain people in main events, and you wonder why those ratings go down. You know. Anyway, uh, what else could we talk about today? What else could we talk about today? Oh, you know what? We were talking earlier about, um, you know, like Jericho raising money and everything like that. I know a lot of you out there are familiar with Rise Wrestling. They have announced that any merchandise that has this logo on it, if you see any merchandise with this logo on it and you purchase it, they're going to donate 100% of the profits to Black Visions, MN. You could t- get them at Black Visions, MN. So if you want to get a little history as far as, you know, the the, the charity and the, what they're doing, go check it out. It's it's wonderful cause. Um, but, you know, I, I emphasize the profits because people, that's still very generous, but now people understand the difference between proceeds and profits, very big difference, but still very generous nonetheless. Now, Florida, get a little bit of news. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how WWE handles it because WWE is going to be extra cautious more than anything else. But Florida is now advancing to stage two, phase two of the reopening of Florida. And phase two basically allows movie theaters to open again bars, concert halls, they can operate up to 50% capacity and gatherings up to 50 people. Now, unfortunately, you have a lot of people out there that I guess they think that Clueless Part 3 is coming out or something, and they're trying to mix the two together. Um, you know, concert hall, you're not going to say f- a concert hall uh, a bar or a theater at 50% capacity, and then you say gatherings up to 50 people. It's two totally separate things. They're not going to open a concert hall for 50 fucking people. Why would any concert hall open, unless you're old school TNA and you book a 10,000 seat building to draw 109, that's different. But you know, when they say a concert hall up to 50%, You know, it's different than what you think. But, you know, now it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to let fans back in attendance. Um, You know... Again, all of these articles saying, "Oh, the NXT stars at ringside, they're having to stand up in all day long, and they could only sit down between matches, or if they have to go wee wee, and they get—they're not allowed to eat anything or drink anything all day long, and they're just being absolutely abused." And this and that. Those are the same morons that ripped Lillian Garcia because of Starbucks got her Starbucks got destroyed. You know, it just these people are just dumb. But the thing is, is that I've said this before. Even if WWE can have fans right now, they're not going to jump to do it because they're not going to take the chance of only putting 50 fans in attendance. And then they got their hands on their fucking asses. You know, you let fans in the building for a wrestling event... That doesn't mean that every person that's going to start going, yeah, yay, boo. That doesn't mean everybody's going to. What if you let fucking 50 people in the building, and they're all sitting there, and, you know, I mean, my God, we watched that NWA event. Remember that time, Mish? That that woman sitting front row at NWA's pay-per-view, and she was like this. It was only one person, but still. So the plexiglass is to get fans used to it. I've talked about it before. But just because you can let 50 people in doesn't mean that WWE is going to do it. However, what I have been saying for the last couple of weeks, I think AEW will take advantage of that. AEW will let some of the workers in the building bring their son, bring their daughter, bring, you know, maybe a friend or family. Some That's where I think that's going to go. But WWE is going to use the cast members, as I call them, um, because they are being paid to cheer and boo. You have heels cheering good guys. You have heels cheering, uh, booing bad guys. Heels doing this, and they put the camera on them too. You know, I, I watched Malcolm Bivins like two weeks ago. You know, sure, I'm sure he's friends with some of, some of the good guys in WWE. This motherfucker's a heel. And they put the... I could see for, for audible purposes, but when you put the camera on him, like, I expect Highlander reaction. Remember when, what was it, Rory McAllister was at Impact, and they put him on TV, and he's like... That's what did some of them Sure, It's just goofy. It's goofy. And I thought of this idea. I don't know what you all think about it, but what about the idea during some NXT events, did you have some WWE Raw and SmackDown talents around ringside also, you know? I mean, just because you've made it to Raw or SmackDown doesn't mean that you can't act like a fan. I mean, I get it, and this is kind of disrespectful when you think about it. WWE, they have all those NXT stars around the ringside area. WWE doesn't treat them like NXT stars. They treat them like no-name fans. And when you see some of the faces that are around ringside and WWE is only labeling them technically as fans, that just shows you how WWE values certain people in the company. Why not put one, two, four, stars from Raw SmackDown, sitting at ringside, taking in the show. What's wrong if someone gets a little animated? And even if you, maybe you don't want Alistair Black sitting ringside going, yay! No, but you know what? The Street Profits, you could see them getting a little bit loud. Maybe they're ringside with the Viking Raiders and they kind of have a little bit of fun. Yes, I agree before anybody says it that, oh, well, maybe fans will take their mind off of this and look at that. But I think they should do that. I think it would be cool because it looks almost like Raw or SmackDown are rooting the NXT stars that are on Wednesday night, you know? I mean, you don't have to make it mandatory, but hey, you know, put a little memo out there, Raw SmackDown, look, you want to, you know, sit in on the tapings and, you know, go along with some of the, the stars for an NXT, you know, let us know. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So, huh. anyway, um, so like I said, on Friday, I will do the NXT, NXT TakeOver in your house, pay-per-view predictions. Um, It's going to be an awesome show. For those asking, yes, I will be doing a pay-per-view recap. I will be right here, right after NXT TakeOver. So that means I will be here on Friday and I will be here on Saturday as well. So, um, by the way, when I was talking about Danny Havoc earlier with the artwork, if you really want to see something fucking cool, I had the photos. I forgot to put them in the computer. I'm not gonna lie. Go on Twitter and search Ricky Shane Page. Ricky Shane Page. He put up a whole bunch of artwork that um Danny had drawn for a lot of CZW events. I did Cage of Death and others. He drew a lot of some some of the 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 you know the 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 ring, and things you've seen over the years. Like I said, you may not have known him all that much, but if you're into like CZW and hardcore, maybe you want to just get to learn about somebody who is a lot more, you know, beloved and people have portrayed it, you know, go check it out. I think you'll get a real kick out of it. Uh, We'll get into Impact and MLW a little bit later on. Let's talk a little bit about aew and we'll talk about nwa as well a little bit later let's talk a little bit tonight about aew and nxt not gonna give crazy full-blown recaps every and everybody and their mother does that i will give you my overall view of what i thought of the shows um aew tonight you know just to get into the matches pretty quickly we had kenny omega and hangman page beat kip sabian and jimmy havoc you know, not a bad match, went way longer than I think that was necessary. I get it, COVID, some things are extended a little bit. Uh, this match just felt like they were purposely trying to fill 15 minutes of the show. Um, it, it wasn't a bad match, but again, nobody in their mother ever thought there was a chance of Kenny Omega and Hangman Page losing the belts right now. You know, Penelope Ford, she gets involved. She gets ejected to the back. You know, no big deal there. Yes, Jody, I know it's going to stick with me for a while. For people that don't know, you know, I wasn't sure of Hangman Page's height on Monday and, yes, I have seen him do a lot of interviews. He's wearing cowboy boots, so he seemed a lot taller. We were talking about fantasy matches, and I said I would always love to see a match between Hangman Page and Dominic Dijakovic. Notice how I don't make, make mistakes with Dominic's name anymore. But, um, you know, for real big men, I mean, so agile as they are, I think they would tear it up. But I had no idea that Hangman Page was only six feet tall. He comes off as a guy several inches taller, and that may sound goofy to a lot of people out there, but I just can't envision me being four inches taller than Hangman Page. But, you know, it was was a fun match, without a doubt. But, um, you know, Kenny Omega with the V-trigger, they hit the last call on Jimmy Havoc. You know, Jimmy Havoc being rewarded for you know, being being a a, re, a reliable guy and doing a lot of things, I know a lot of people aren't fans of Jimmy Havoc. They obviously don't know too much of the career of Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc is not you know one of the top top stars, but there is nothing wrong with giving Havoc you know a a, a tag team title shot once in a while to open up a fucking dynamite. You're not paying forty nine ninety nine to see it. I mean, my God, we have some people sometimes on Raw and SmackDown getting tag title shots, and you're like, what the fuck are these people getting a tag title shot for? You know, it's not that big of a deal, you know? Go go make yourself a milkshake or something, or go make yourself maybe some cookies or microwave popcorn and just chill out a little bit. It's not the fucking, you know, end of the world. They got a match. You know, no dissension really teased at all. You know, they're buying time. And Hangman Page, it's funny because he comes off as one of the most popular wrestlers in AEW. So why would you rush a turn? So, hey, you know, let them keep doing what they're doing. By the way, uh, AEW opened up with a very uh, nice little package um, just mentioning that, you know, we're all watching, everybody cares, Black Lives Matter, It's the right thing to do. AEW was taped tonight, and they were still able to put that in there. I don't recall seeing the same intro for WWE. You know, I I, I don't, they could have very well done something later on in the show. And just from the, the heck, the congestion, the hectic, you know, just watching this one, watching that one, taking notes, taking this, looking at this, researching this, preparing this, you know, sometimes, you know, I hear some, but I don't see it. So, um, I don't know. But, uh, you know, it was funny because FTR, fuck the revival, fear the revolt, fuck the revolt. FTR, it almost sounds like a president, but they're doing their best, um, the best uh, example of social distancing. They're all the way in the fucking back, they're hanging out. Britt Baker. Is in her wheelchair and it's now the Rolls Royce. You know it's confusing. Last week, role model, we made fun of it from TNA that time. Remember they're coming, they're coming. Last week she leaves and she's got role model spelled R O L L. Tonight she's got Rolls Royce, and yes, I know Rolls is spelled R O L L S, but now it's back to R O L E. I but. You know, it was funny. Uh, I don't know if anybody got the Cody truck vibes when she went after Big Swall later on in the night. That was fucking funny, man. That was funny. But, you know, Britt Baker, man, they are making sure that nobody forgets her right now. They did that vignette later on that she's in a wheelchair and she's training and she's doing those cables and, this, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, man, there's whole, there's a lot of podcasters and journalists out there, and she works out ten times more than they do, and they got both able-bodied legs and feet, you know. But that was funny shit. But they're going out of their way to keep her name around, you know. Two months is gonna fly by, so you know, hey, nothing wrong with character development. Um, I really enjoyed Big Swall today because a lot of people who follow her before knows that she actually could go a little bit. I think Big Swall might be that next woman in AEW that, you know, breaks out a little bit. You know, a lot of people had Chris Statlander high on their list. And, my God, I still think about those moves that she did when Meg... Remember Meg, that was around ringside at the time. Oh, that was, I I don't remember if she did that to Sheet. I don't know who she did it to, but oh man, Statlander ex- gets exposed a lot in her matches. Um, you know, she's got all the tools. She just needs more time to put it together. But I think Big Swall has the capability of leapfrogging Statlander, leapfrogging some others out there. You know, Pennell before it might be a lot of eye candy to a lot of people out there. I think if it's done the right way, Big Swall could be the next uh name to really advance in AEW. So um we had uh Brian Cage beat Sean Dean in about 90 seconds. After the match is over, Taz once again great on the fucking mic. You hear it and you say to yourself. How did they go all of these years that he was not like a bigger mouthpiece? And yes, I know a little bit of TNA, but man, you just see that the guy, you know, sometimes when you're out of the loop for many, many years, you could talk about wrestling all the time, but when you're out of the loop of cutting promos and having that split second reaction, no stuttering, no eh, 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 eh don't get rattled, Focused, intimidating, and it's like the guy, you know, hasn't, you know, missed a beat. And I love the promos. I absolutely love it. What's up, daniel um, I And again, my apologies for anybody that does Super Chats. I accidentally closed, you know, where it pops up on the screen, but it is still working on the back. I just wanted to just cause I don't want anybody to post something like, hey, it's not showing up on the screen. I, I was closing a couple of windows while we were doing this to make things a little nicer and neater for yours truly to have a little bit of a smooth the show. And once again, much love to everybody tuning in. You know, like I said, you know, if you and you know, to some of the people that that, you know, were talking smack a little bit You want to talk straight up, email me. Don dontony at dontony dot com. My ears are always open. I'm always willing to hear but people just going to provoke stuff. Not, No one's feeling that anymore, especially right now. Too much shit going on. But anyway, Taz, you know, basically calling out Moxley. Uh, Moxley's music hits. He hits the ring. And Taz, you know, Mox, you know, before you hit that ring, and he's, you know, laying the bad mouth on Moxley. Moxley enters the ring. And I tell you, man. Moxley's promo was fire as well. Taz was on point. Moxley was on point. You know, Moxley, he's got a lot of the similar things when he cuts a lot of his promos. He's just a man. He could be beaten and this, this, and that. But um, he's a different breather shark. But uh, this is building up Brian Cage and John Moxley rather nicely. Um, I just hope that if Brian Cage loses this, and right now I don't think there's any chance of Moxley retain, uh, losing the belt. But I just hope Brian Cage suddenly doesn't run into the problem that Lance Archer seems to have immediately fell into. I don't know if anybody's feeling this right now, but I almost feel like there is a big problem right now with Lance Archer. Um, they I, And again, when I do the recaps, I say some things earlier, I say things now, I say things later, I mix a couple of things in. This ain't no straight up, you know, I talk about whatever I want. And I want to talk about Lance Archer right now, by the way. When they did all that, that whole tournament for the TNT title, my predictions were 100% until the finals. And I thought Lance Archer all the way. Guy's a monster. Fucking guy is not, you know, the Lance Hoyt, or the Lance, WWE Lance, that people remember, this guy is is got it. And I just thought, especially with the way the tournament, you know, have him win the fucking thing. Now, in hindsight, I admitted that this is a TNT title for the network. Cody would be a better ambassador holding a title for the network than a heel Lance Archer holding a network title You almost feel in storyline that if Lance Archer won won that belt that he would just tear it up because you don't give a shit about TNT. So that's why you understand it makes sense for Cody to be the champion for the TNT title. But in hindsight now, Lance Archer should not have been in that fucking tournament. Or Lance Archer should have lost early because of a disqualification or something. Because they built that guy as a fucking monster and he ran into the Cody wall, which reminds me a little bit of Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch. And again, I I I, I have warmed up to Cody. I, I'm buying into the stock. I understand. I see now why he gets the amount of time that he gets. If anybody out there is going to rip on that, you know, there's a reason why Roman Reigns used to get crazy amount of time. There's a reason why Seth Rollins gets a crazy amount of time. There are some people who are the guy that their fan base is attracted to more than anything else. Moxley is, you know, go there, do your business, get the fuck out, which is fine. That's his character. Clocks in, clocks out. You know, he cares about the fans. It's not a Brock Lesnar deal. So you understand for TNT purposes why Cody is the appropriate champion. But look what this has done to Lance Archer. I mean, it's only been two weeks, but it feels like, the balloon popped with Lance Archer. What do you do now? What do you do? Is he's not gonna? Is he going a few with Mox? That ain't happening. Seems anytime soon. They got to build up for Fight Fest. What's he gonna do? Beat up QT Marshall? Who that, Daddy? Who who did Lance Archer? Seriously, it, that's that's what I mean. If I went to an indie wrestling event in November, and I had two pictures up, one of Lance Archer. And one of QT Marshall, I guarantee you a lot more people will know who Lance Archer is because of his look. He's got a unique look. QT Marshall looks like he's fucking, he's, he, you know, he, he should be selling me fucking, you know, he looks like he works in a pharmacist department in a store. You know? Uh, Markel World. Much love. Drake got his contract. Now let's see him buried. I You know what? I think he should feud with Jake Atlas first. Seriously, I think Jake Atlas should be happy for him, and then fucking level him. I I don't know why I want to see a heel, Jake Atlas. Um, yeah, he's not, you know, fully developed yet as a star. But I've seen a lot of his indie work, and Jake Atlas could go. Um, I think that would be a, a good way to go. So, Drake Maverick ain't going to get buried. He's not going to get buried. He's going to have momentum for a little while, but. He could get punked the fuck out, and that could cause a couple of losses here and there, but man, look, a lot of people know this already, but you know, again, this is what I mean about giving back. But you know, since those wrestlers got released, I paid for four cameos, and all four, I told every single one of the four, "I don't want no video. When things get better, go out to dinner with your significant other. You know, I just want to thank you and, you know, you entertain me. And so, look, I don't put every fucking penny back in there. I'm not stupid, but I try to give back a little bit. Bought some EC3 merchandise. I bought this person, bought that person. And the day that Drake Maverick got released and we saw that video of him crying, I think I was the first person to go on Cameo and I bought his Cameo and I said to him, I don't want no video. And he insisted on doing a video, and I know a lot of people saw it because they sent me PMs, and plus he was on my social media. And a lot of like, was that you? Was that you? I did it only because I cared. And I had a few people, you know, over the last bunch of weeks, when he started winning, they're like, dude, do you regret, like, spending that money when you know that he might have a WWE deal after all of this? I'm like, hell no. Absolutely not, man. Fucking if someone entertains you, You know, and you have the means to give back a little bit. You know, it's not always a give and take. I'm fucking ecstatic that that guy got a contract. You know what what really annoyed me? The Drew Gulak situation. Drew Gulak is not, you know, the guy on probably anybody's list that's watching this right now. But I know a lot of you out there are fans of Drew Gulak. Have sung the praise of Drew Gulak. I've talked about Drew Gulak on my shows many times in the past. See, number one guy? No. But the way that he got treated and left and then people were just like, oh, you know, why are people making such a big fucking deal about Drew Gulak? You know, and I'm like, you know, just because you don't follow someone doesn't mean that I, I can't. You know, just the Guevara is a perfect example of that. Guevara, when he first... Started in AEW, I could not stand the guy. Within a month, I said, I don't know, man, this guy's got it. And the guy entertains the shit out of me. And people make fun of people that are fans of Guevara. You know, tonight, he's, you know, doing the Jericho theme, annoying as fuck. He had that little backstage, you know, uh, bumping into it, Matt Hardy. Guevara is going to be a star, man, you know. He's the guy that you could see that always ends up getting his ass kicked. Like, when he has matches, he will shine. But when you have a heel faction and somebody has to get the fuck beat out of him, he's your guy. Yes, Santana Ortiz at times, but when someone, you know, when a faction leaves the ring and said babyface tries to grab one of them and just happens to grab one person who didn't jump the guardrail fast enough or falls, that's your guy. The guy, he reminds, I brought it up before, he reminds me a little bit of Tony Mamaluke, the way he bumps the facial features. That's why I've featured him on a lot of synopsises for the shows. You see him running down the football field or running down the backstage area, you look at his face, It's the opposite of what I say about Umberto Carrillo and others out there. And I'm sorry for being a broken record, but what? Two weeks ago, week and a half ago, they're threatening to fucking smash Carrillo's eye in the fucking guardrail. And you would think suspension of disbelief. Two people are trying to shove your eye in the guardrail. And you'd be like, no, please, no, 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 Black, please, help, help. No, he's there like a fucking mute. Like they squashed his larynx first. This is fucking Ricky Steamboat 1987. You know, he's fucking it. He's like. You see, Guevara, he fucking does every mannerism, every voice, and every facial reaction like any of us do. Trust me, if I had a bunch of people chasing me with baseball bats, this ain't like the movies. I ain't gonna fucking. You know, start running and turn around and then, you know, like like The Undertaker with 15 guys in the ring. Psh, 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 psh. No, I'm going to be fucking running for my life, peeing my pants, going, he, he He nails it, man. He nails it. I love it. So, anyway, I'm concerned about Lance Archer. I don't know who they put him up with against next. I don't know. I look at the roster up and down. I'm trying to figure it out. You know, but um, anyway, we had Matt Hardy in the back, as I said. Um, you have Private Party. I wish they would have sold Private Party's injury a little bit more. You know, they're standing up having drinks and this, is and that. You know, it just I, it felt like an awfully quick after that. But um, Matt Hardy offers his services, and he look, you could see Matt Hardy is there to help the young tag teams of AEW tomorrow. You know, I know a lot of people out there like to make the jokes, oh, Brody Lee, WWE reject, Matt Hardy, oh, way past his prime. Oh, Dustin Rhodes, when is he going to go leave and go do movies? They're all fucking critical for the young guys of tomorrow. They are, in some cases, locker room leaders. They are ne- absolute necessities. And Matt Hardy, you know, trying to help elevate Private Party a little bit, giving them a little, look what's happening with the Mike Tyson stuff now. Now they have best friends in Orange Cassidy getting involved with this stuff. You know, you, you it's not that everybody else is sick with COVID. Now it's to try to get a little bit of a boost for best friends, a little bit of a boost for Orange Cassidy. Maybe they're going to be in the corner with Mike Tyson. We don't know. So... Oh, Psycho Jet Black says that I should grow a full beard. I used to have a goatee, and uh, I have thought about growing a beard many times before. But now we're hitting summertime, and unfortunately, and I don't like to get too personal on these shows, even though it sounds it. But um, I talk about a lot of this stuff on Patreon. But I suffer from eczema. If anybody knows what eczema is, it's almost like rosacea. Eczema. I Unfortunately, there's parts of my facial area that apparently my skin makes blood, blood white blood cells, I think, too fast, and that's what causes rashes. And I used to have a horrendous—that was one of the reasons why I didn't start doing video like five years ago. I was battling some serious battles with uh, eczema, and I used to get really bad red blotches here and here. I get it over here, I get it over here, and it's always the same spots. I still take uh, steroid cream to this day. Thank God I only have to use it once or twice a week. But the problem with growing a beard is it itches, especially now it's getting warm out. I have this fucking thing going all night long. Hopefully it did, does. It's not making any noise. Um, I got an air conditioner right over here as well. But uh, beard, oh man, be itchy, itchy, itchy. So, um, Chris Maycock. What, what are you apologizing for? I, I don't know why you're saying apologized. So it's all cool. Um, and by the way, speaking of apologies, you know, a couple of people, um, I don't know if you call it, tried to hijack the chat room last Friday. I don't know why, because they were showing up on behalf of a podcast that I support big time. And uh, I had a few of them contact me privately and say, dude, you know, we apologized, Had no idea that you were actually cool with the show. I'm like, yeah, man. It's all good. You know, I, I see some of the stuff that happens on YouTube, but it's it's all good. As long as there's no maliciousness, you know, we could all have fun a little bit. But uh anyway, um so Matt Hardy's hanging out with private party and uh they get it, he talks about it being Hardy Party. Yeah, whatever. Remember. Hardy leaves, bumps into Guevara for a minute, and Matt Hardy's just Respect. Respect. That's it. Respect. Guevara is looking at him, takes his sunglasses off. He's like, fuck is this guy talking about respect? What are you fucking nuts? So, anyway, we find out about the announcement for Fyter Fest. Then we get Chris Jericho beating Cole Cabana in about 10 minutes. You know, not a bad match, but I don't know, man. You know, I think Jericho needs to take a couple of weeks off and relax a little bit, even though he doesn't wrestle every single week. But this match with Cabana felt a little bit flat, in my opinion. Chris Joker, obviously, is getting up there in age. He could still go. There's no denying that. But Cole Cabana and him just didn't seem to mesh all that well. And Cole Cabana is, you know, usually has a good match, no matter who he's with. I'm not saying it's a bad match, but the match just felt like it was going through the motions. And we found out earlier in the night that, you know, they aired some unreleased footage backstage as to, you know, Jericho blaming Cabana for not getting his hands on Tyson and blah, 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 blah. So that's why the match went down. Jericho wins. And then Jericho is calling out Tyson, calling him a piece of shit. A lot of people are now thinking Tyson versus Jericho could happen. You know Tyson is focused on doing some boxing stuff and making some serious coin off of it. But AEW is convinced that they can pull off a Mike Tyson match without Tyson getting injured. No risk at all. I'm curious to see where it goes. But, you know, Fighter Fest is still about a month away. So, you know, let's see. Look, man, I'm not going to shit on it. I'm not going to shit on it. Tyson is up there in age, but he's in phenomenal shape. You know, I always remember when TNA brought back Steve Mongo McMichael. I think he refereed a match that time, and I remember at the time it was a little buzz that you know maybe he returns to the ring. This fucking guy showed up. I was so like almost depressed over it because I always gave Mongo a little bit of respect for his WCW stuff, even though you know you look back and many moments he was drizzling shits. But I gave, always gave him A for effort. But when he came back that time and he just like a t- looked like a tub of lard, it was like, why would you bring this person back on TV like that? You know, it just totally besmirched my memories of him. But um, I don't care if it was a storyline made in the WWE. You fucking entertain me. That's all I care about. There were so many storylines that WWF did in the middle 80s that I loved growing up as a wrestling fan. And then when I got older, I realized this shit wasn't created in WWF. This stuff was created in AWA. This stuff was created in Memphis. This stuff was created. Why am I talking Texan? Maybe because it's the only like, the, you know, impression I could do that people don't... You know, cite racism and stuff like that. I try to be tongue-in-cheek doing impersonations of everybody. No malicious intent to it. But um, wrestling's always recreating. My God, look at Dexter Loomis today. Come on, man. You mean to tell me that when you saw Dexter Loomis with the markers, with the, the easel board, whatever that shit is, and... You mean to tell me you didn't have any thoughts like, hey, that kind of looks like Britt Baker's segment from last week with the pens and the board and all that stuff? I'm not saying it was a complete ripoff, but come on, man. People, There were so many times in the past that you would see someone uh, in TNA do something and it's on WWE TV and vice versa. So I, as long as it's good and it's entertaining, that's all I care about. So, next we had um, Nyla Rose beating Big Swall in almost 10 minutes. And um, it was a decent match. They actually did very well together. Nyla Rose still has a long ways to go. But, you know, think about it. 10 minutes. You go with 10 minutes with Nyla Rose and it goes that long. And after the match, you're kind of satisfied with it. That shows you that Nyla Rose is actually you know, on her way. Because how many uh, bigger wrestlers have we seen in the past that couldn't even have a five-minute match? I'm not comparing her to Goldberg, but, you know, people were like... I remember Kevin Nash, when he talked about, like, how are you going to go 12 minutes with Goldberg? There's some people out there that you cannot have any type of a long match with. So 10 minutes is pretty impressive. After the match was hilarious, because Britt Baker is in a wheelchair and big swallows at ringside, and Britt Baker does the fucking same thing that we laughed at Cody about. Remember when Cody was in his truck and he's revving the engine, and then he hits the gas, and he fucking hits hits the guardrail. It's the guardrail. Like I said, if his dog would have been chained to that guardrail, you wouldn't heard any dog squeals. You would heard the dog say, what "The fuck are you doing, man? I'm gonna get my shiny white coat all fucking dirty." Wash me, motherfucker, and give me a biscuit while you're at it, asshole, master. Fucking Britt Brit Baker does the same thing today. Yo, I had, I and she pushes her in the fucking guardrail, and I'm like, is this like a rib for the Cody Rhodes stuff? That's what it kind of reminded me of. I thought it was funny, man. But um, then they do a segment with Darby Allen, and uh, Darby Allen, he, he's not cleared to wrestle, and uh, you know bring up double or nothing and his injuries because of Brian Cage. Darby Allen says, you know, that, you know, he'll get the last laugh, you know, life is a joke and he'll have the last laugh on Brian Cage. I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to see a Darby Allen, Brian Cage feud right now, you know, and if that happens, is that going to happen after Fight Fest? I don't know. I don't know. But, um, Anyway, uh, main event, Cody and Jungle Boy for the TNT Championship. Look, everybody and their mother knew that belt ain't changing hands this soon. But, you know, in uh, Jungle Boy sort of losing, if you really want to call it that, it was more like, you know, they couldn't continue. Um, Cody's, you know, helped bring up Jungle Boy that much more. It started with Jericho. You know, a little bit, little bit, as I said in the past, Jungle Boy is becoming a man. I don't know how they change that character down the line. Sooner or later, Jack Perry's going to be a man. He is a man already, but Jungle Boy is now a man. And uh, him and Cody had a great fucking match today. That table spot looked like it hurt. It just looked like the table exploded. They were t- both standing on the middle turnbuckle. They go off the the, the the rope outside the ring through the table. Cody busted open, um, just giving a little bit of that color. And uh, no, I wouldn't call him Jungle Man. Yeah, it's, I don't. I think you end up calling him Jungle Jack Perry, like I said. Oh, like three or four months ago, I liked when Jim Ross first said that Jim Ross got ripped apart. Remember Jim Ross got ripped apart. What are you calling him jungle Jack Perry for he's jungle boy. Stop mixing it too. And he's like, look, you know, I just, I'm just trying jungle Jack Perry. I like that. I like that. And, um, you know, I, I have no problem with jungle boy. Although I don't know if it was a ratings grab. The main event was solid. I truly believe AEW's rating is going to go down quite a bit. Yes, the Tyson effect will have a big part of it, but last week's AEW, didn't they do like 800,000 viewers? I think it goes down substantially. I think this week it goes down to like 720, 720. I'll go with 720, 719. I'll go with 719. Because um, Tyson not being on there, obviously that curiosity factor it will be eliminated. But at the same time, though, when you look at those matches on paper, not as strong as they appear. Think about it. They get a matches tonight. Not as strong as they, they appear. AEW, big good show. NXT, I kind of liked a little bit better. Although when you look at the matches for NXT as well, let's dissect this a little bit. Aliyah you know, um, and Santana Garrett. You know, Santana Garrett wins in two, mi- two minutes. Uh, Candice LeRae and Mia Yim, you know, went to a double countout in less than four minutes. Then it sets up a tag match with uh, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae beating Keith Lee and Mia Yim. Um, fun match, but the second part of it was only three minutes and change. This was to set up the pay-per-view. But, you know, when you see that, it just felt like a lot of filler, in my opinion. Um, you know, we had the, the package hyping of Karrion Cross and Tommaso Champa. Kind of feels like they're not dedicating as much time on TV as you kind of hope that they would. Um, Dexter Loomis in the back, as I showed you the picture before, you know, Dexter Loomis... You know, he he's suddenly an artist, doesn't talk, you know, but he's drawing and he drew all that in fucking five minutes. I mean and you think about that, how goofy is that? You know, maybe you start at eight o'clock and then at nine fifty or nine forty, you know, you kind of show you like your finished results, but to fucking do that, I don't know. I just it was a little bit goofy, man. But Drake Maverick interview early on, no pressure. And when you usually start building that, you kind of start getting a little worries like, ah, shit, he's going to lose. And there was no guarantee that he was going to remain in NXT. Um, Next, we had uh, Prime Target, which was hyping up Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream at In Your House Takeover, Takeover In Your House. And they're doing comparisons. You know, they're showing, you know, the Undisputed Era with Adam Cole celebrating his record title reign. They're they're in a limousine. And then you see Velveteen Dream. What school did you go to? You see him on rollerblades. You know, they they're in a nice restaurant, and Velveteen Dream is on the sex couch. Nice build. Um, I'm interested in seeing that match. That match is already in the books. You know, unfortunately, none of these geniuses have, you know, sources to get spoilers. We're not doing no contests for pay-per-view predictions for NXT, but still, you know, kind of curious to see what they end up doing. I, I think Adam Cole retains, to be honest with you. I don't know if my prediction is going to change between now and Friday. Um, and we're going to be wrapping this up soon because... I want to get out of here. I got a lot of stuff I got to still do tonight. Plus, we have a show Friday, so we're going to get into more stuff. I still have stuff to talk about, but I would say probably 15, 18 minutes will be done. But um, we have that package, which is one. But the package of all packages, and I know I'm going a little bit out of place. I absolutely might be my favorite package no, that doesn't sound right. But my favorite video package to hype up so far an NXT pay-per-view, a takeover match so far. We had some great video packages in the past. You know, as good as the Gargano Champa package that they decided to do for thirty fucking minutes on an NXT episode that backfired terribly for them. Um, I thought the package with Io Shirai. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte was awesome for so many reasons. Io Shirai is underwater. You know, it just, you have to watch it to even understand it. Rhea Ripley, you know, she's making protein shakes and she's talking about how 2019 ended on such a high note in 2020 has been, you know, this I don't wanna say disaster, but a disappointment would be the right way to go. Um. Charlotte in the ring, little nervous. She hasn't been on takeover in a while. You know, Charlotte, you know, everybody always rips her face. Oh, look at all the plastic surgery. Oh, look how much she's aging there tonight. They basically said, fuck you, I'm going to be shown. Maybe in black and white, but no makeup at all. She's working out and in the ring. This video package hyping up all three was awesome. It's a shame because when you look at it, two of the three are losing. And you say, when you dissect the video package, you say to yourself, okay, you look at how they built up each person here, who ends up being the biggest disappointment after that video package and losing? Charlotte, if she was to lose the belt, Charlotte is still, to me, the number one woman in wrestling for the last 10 years. Um, Rhea Ripley, and this, look, maybe my, this is not an official prediction because I'm going to do it on Friday. I'm going to think about it between now and Friday. But Rhea Ripley, you look at 2020, has been a little bit of a disappointment. It's been a big disappointment, if you think about it, since Mania. Um, But there's no momentum right now with her where if she was to win it's not like okay twenty twenty's fine now so you almost feel like if she loses she'll lose under special circumstance so it doesn't bury her more. So I'm left with saying to myself right now might be EO Shirai's time. Cause if Eo Shirai after all of this tournament and build and everything else, and Io Shirai, they've just they built her. To, you had Natty talk, giving praise for the women. You had Bet Phoenix. You had all the journalists. The fucking guy with the the goofy shorts. Oh, what is that guy's name again? I. You know what? Don't even write his name in the chat. I'll be mad if you do that, because that guy just not Sam Roberts, but that other guy just angers me. Seriously, I don't get triggered by many people, but there's just some people that are just just cringe to me, and that fucking guy in the shorts. Do not write his name. I will be very angry if you write his name, but, you know, but they had a lot of people analyzing the matches, and um, it feels like I think Io Shirai would have the most damage. You motherfucker, McAfee. Nobody wrote it, but that McAfee—is that his name? Pat McAfee? Oh man! Ah, that's really Lysol too. Ah, yeah. Oh, it's even worse. I'm drinking it. Ah, oh. dude, I will never ever say that name again unless something happens to him and I feel bad. But ah, oh, Pat McAfee. Ah. Like Vince, nineteen eighty-three, commentating. Ah, ah, yeah, Pat McAfee. Yeah, uh, yeah, You know how they say, "Oh, every time DT brings up his keto diet, take a shot." Every time I bring up that motherfucker's name again, I'll spray Lysol in my mouth. Seriously, nothing personal against McAfee. Seriously, but um, oh man, to me, he does nothing. You know what it's like. You know, I'll tell you exactly what it's like. I haven't eaten Chinese food in a year and a half. You ever order like chicken with Chinese vegetables and it's like a bed of fried chicken, deep fried, and then it's over like all these Chinese vegetables with this brown gravy. Almost every Chinese restaurant in the world makes it. It's chicken with Chinese vegetables. And when you eat it, there's round, like kind of like grayish vegetable. I think it's called... Watercress or water chestnuts. Or Is that water what, it's water something? They're round. They look like little discs. And for some reason, whenever I ordered chicken with Chinese vegetables, I would find myself eating all of the round like water chestnuts or whatever, watercress, whatever. So one time, I kid you not, I went to the grocery store like maybe 10 years ago. And I saw in the, vegeta- the vegetable aisle, they had cans of this stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, it's like my favorite vegetable in the stuff. You know what? I'll take the can home, and I'll just eat them out of the can. Water chestnuts. Yes, water chestnuts. Thank you, Lisa. And I took it out of the can, and I drained it. I put it in a dish. I didn't add nothing to it. I thought they tasted awesome in the thing. And then I realized when I started eating it that the reason why it tastes great is because all the brown gravy and all the fat and the oil was absorbing in it. I ate it out of the can, I honestly am better off just eating loose leaf paper. There was no taste to it whatsoever. And I'm like, this sucks. This sucks. And, and then I realize the reason why it's in the food is because it costs next to nothing. And when it's smothered in gravy, it tastes fucking awesome. And meanwhile, it only costs one kota. It only costs 25 cents. And then I now I realize, okay, my dish, they put fucking two thirds of it with the water chestnuts. They fucking. It it tastes great, and it costs nothing. That's what Pat McAfee is. Pat McAfee to wrestling is what water chestnuts are just in general. They are, oh, they're crunchy. No, that's why I like them. They're crunchy. But you ever eat it out of the can, you're going to be like, oh, my God. I I might as well just take... Pat McAfee. I'm not stupid enough to swallow it. Maybe if a super chat comes in for 100. No, no more super chats tonight. Anyway, Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Tony Nese. Tony Nese, losing streak. This is, this is exactly what I was saying before about Kyrie Sane. He's losing. Lost every match in the tournament. Losing all the time. Tony Nese, my neck of the woods. Mutual friends with people. So what did I do? I swear to fucking God. I turned the volume up on my laptop. I went in here. I set up the show. Got the lights, the notes already, made sure all the equipment works. I didn't fucking watch the match. All I know is that, you know, we had um what Jack Gallagher come out, cause a distraction, Isaiah Swerve Scott gets the victory. Big fucking deal. This is what happens, WWE. You have had Tony Nese lose so many times that I don't give a shit about his matches anymore. That was my opportunity to come into this room and prepare for the show. That's what happens when when you have certain people lose so much, you become disinterested in them. You know, it's different when somebody first comes in. When somebody's new to the company and they lose in the beginning, they're earning their stripes. And as they get better, and as time goes by, they start getting some wins. Start building, and building, and building. And then it gets to the point that you're rooting for them, and you want to see them get some wins. You're rooting for them, and you want to see them get titles. That's the difference. When somebody first comes in, and they keep losing. They don't have that history. Diana Perazzo comes to mind immediately. Deanna Praza, they brought her in. She lost a couple of times. And in the beginning, it's like, ah, she's new. You know, she's got a, you know, finer spot. And, you know, there's other women they're pushing. And, you know, in time, in time. And she kept losing. Kept losing. Kept losing. And um, she's gone. Wait, De- Deanna Parraza, why am I dro- Oh, yeah, Deanna Parraza. I-, I almost had a brain cramp for me because you know what happened? As I was thinking about that, I had Tessa Blanchard's face in my mind. And I'm saying Deanna Parrazzo, and I'm like, Wait. yeah, yeah, Deanna Parrazzo. She, she lost over and over, and it got to the point where, like, ah, oh, fuck this. Fuck this. That's what it felt like. That's what's happening now with Tony Nese. Tony Nese, he's already been on top. So when you already invested time and energy in the guy, and now he's losing, loser, 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 losing, 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 losing. It's mm-hmm. to a point, like, ah, oh, okay, piss Piss break. Seriously. Um, So Isaiah Swerve, Scott wins. So now we're teased that a mystery tag team was going to be taking on the undisputed era of Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong and Oni Larkin and Danny Burch, uh, number one contenders match for the tag titles. And the surprise is, is that Fandango is ready to hit the ring, which is fucking great. I don't need to... You know, say it. You already know I'm a big fan of Fandango for a very long time. Always felt Brazango should have gotten farther than they did. Um, unfortunately, though, being a big fan of Brazango, I also say that, you know, this came out of nowhere. was a nice surprise for tonight. They won, which was an even bigger surprise. But I say to myself, okay, do I really think Brazango's winning the tag titles? I don't think so. It would be a shock. If they were the win the tag titles, my interpretation would be I could pitch a Vince in the back with Triple H and we need to give him we need to push him now uh. We need to give him the belts now uh because every time we wait, uh he gets injured uh, and sooner or later uh, his knees gonna blow out again uh, and then we're gonna have to release him. oh uh, no we can't uh because we can't release someone uh, while they're injured. Ah uh. That's what it is. They win the belts now, and it feels like let's just blow a load with Berzango now before he gets injured again because we may never get that opportunity. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, I'm sorry. I think the, the, the uh, Lysol, it, just, it didn't ingest in my mouth. It just went all over my face. It actually, you know, it was nice and brisk, but my glasses are a little spotty. But no, but that's what it feels like. It doesn't feel like Brazongo had a series of wins. Like, hey, man, they might get the titles, you know? Who never knows? This kind of felt like out of nowhere. But let's see what happens. He, Mish is saying it's poison, dude. You know what's poison? That girl is poison. Oh, I hated Bell. Was it Belle Biv DeVoe? Now you know. I hated that song growing up. That girl is poison. Oh, fucking, ugh. Ah. Dexter Loomis, his tribute drawing to the Undisputed Era. You know, he's driving the car, and the Undisputed Era is supposed to be all creeped out about it. I tell you, man, I'd like to see WWE auction that off to maybe some charity. I think that's a pretty fucking cool picture. I like that. Dexter Loomis with the Undisputed Era in the car? You know, I, I, it, it, again, it still feels like a little bit of an odd storyline, but hey, you know, not, not too bad. I'm not complaining too much. Um, then after Brizango won, we have Marcel Barthel and Fabian Aichner coming out. to Scope out who they're going to be defending the title against next. And then the next thing you know, we have uh Shear, you know, Rinku and Seraf with Malcolm Bivens. They're right behind them as well. So I don't know. You know, I get this weird feeling that maybe Berzango gets destroyed before TakeOver even starts. And maybe we find out that Rinku and Saraf, uh attack them before TakeOver begins. And because we don't have uh, opponents for Marcel Barthel and Fabian Aichner... That maybe they step in or someone starts. So it would not surprise me if we see some bullshit swerve um you know Saturday. But just brainstorming a little bit. Ah, uh, Cameron Grimes, the stunt double for Jimmy Jam Garvin. Oh man, seriously. I, I, seriously, if Jimmy Jam Garvin had sex with Sean Waltman and then decided to gain 50 pounds while pregnant. They'd give birth to Cameron Grimes. That's what it feels. Cameron Grimes looks like the, the when you looked at Spaceballs, when they had those bad stunt doubles, they had the the guy with the the mustache for that's what Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes, nothing personal against the guy. He looks like the stunt the bad stunt double for Jimmy Jam Garvin. He beats Bronson Reed, you know, blah, 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 blah. Cameron Grimes brags about beating Finn Balor. Then all of a sudden uh, Karrion Cross is around ringside. Cameron Grimes ran the fuck out of there. If you don't know the little backstory with Cameron Grimes and Karrion Cross, do a little Twitter search tonight. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of fans reminding you of it. Just look up Cinderblock. I think that would be the best way to put it. Um, then Karrion Cross goes on the camera, tells Champa to take over TikTok. It's going to be a special TikTok. And uh, nice, I like it. Champa seems to be pretty much non-existent with the exception of a little bit over the, since, you know, Mania, if you think about it. But then we had the main event, and I've already talked about it. You know, El Hijo del Fantasma wins the Cruiserweight Championship. WWE quietly dropping the interim part of it as we talked about at the beginning of the show, and we noticed that a couple of weeks ago. So don't know what this means with Jordan Devlin in the future. Um, but El Gil del Fantasma winning. Um, I want to see where this interjects with that other storyline of people almost being kidnapped. That's got to cross paths and it's got to happen, you know, sooner than later. But, you know, it was a wonderful match. I loved that it was a straight-up match I'm glad that my brainstorming with the Jake Atlas stuff did not come to to, to play. But we had Jake Atlas uh, not be a factor. Parvinda Singh, much love. Uh, oh, what is you, Oh, what, Harpreet Kaur. Is I been saying that right? Harpreet Kaur. His wife's birthday. Everybody, Parvinda Singh, good friend of the show from the U.K., uh, big time difference right now. What is it, like six hours later over there? I'd like everybody in the chat room right now, yeah, hit the like button, subscribe if you like it, but I want everybody to join me in uh, giving his wife a very happy birthday. So happy birthday, Harpreet. Much love and uh, just all the best, man, all the best. wish you would have, you don't have to super chat that. I kind of feel a little bad now, but seriously, happy birthday, my friend. Um, Please tell your wife, very special birthday, enjoy it. So I want everybody, take two seconds, happy birthday, you know? I'm not talking until I see, no, seriously, happy birthday. Um, So we had the main event. We had uh, Elio Del Fantasma win. Great match, Um, the finish, you know, I loved the facial reactions of Drake Maverick during the match not wanting to quit, not wanting to give. I think we started to get a little bit fearful that he was not winning this, especially our promo earlier in the night kind of started planting those seeds. When When you're uber confident, that's when you usually lose. So he loses, he's in the ring. Everybody at ringside is clapping for him. He is emotional. A lot of people online, including yours truly, were like, fuck, fuck, you know, Maybe, maybe, maybe there's some saving grace, And then Triple H comes out. As soon as Triple H comes out, you're wondering, is he going to just shake his hand and thank him and hold his hand up high and that's the end of it? Or could he be offering him a contract? Triple H has something in his hand. It looks like, you know, leather, you know, you know, booklet or whatever to hold documents. And it's a contract. And he has Drake Maverick sign it. Drake Maverick is emotional, and that was the right way to go. Not one person out there, if you're a Drake Maverick fan or if that affected you when he got released, that was 100% real, and it is not that often. Sure, when all that publicity was all over the net, Drake Maverick's release and his video crying was on regular news stations that I had never heard of before— Yeah, probably somewhere. Vince got on the phone. Put on channel 675. That's such good shit. You know, turn it out. He probably, they realized, holy shit, does this guy have... They did the right thing, man. There is nothing negative about this at all. This gets back to Drake Maverick. I know everybody out there is ecstatic that he got his job back. Hopefully it wasn't a tremendous pay cut, but... He got to stay. And uh, that was pretty much it. Now, as far as NXT tonight, I think NXT, you know what? I actually predicted twice, right, when NXT won in the ratings. I could tell you that tonight, I don't think the matches were strong enough, except for the main, you know, to really have them beat AEW, so I do not believe they will beat AEW tonight, but I think the rating is going to be a lot closer than people think. You know, God, they went into the 590s very recently. That would be an absolute disaster going into TakeOver to be that low. So I said earlier, what, 719 for AEW? I'm gonna say 676 for NXT. That might be a little bit high, to be honest with you. Um, In fact, I think it might be a little too high. I know I'm going to regret changing it, but I, you know what? I'm going to change it. I'm going to go with six. Six. You know what? I'll, I'll use the devil's number. I'll go with... Six, no, I'll go with 656. All right. 7, 719 is 656. That's my official number. Not going to change it anymore. Uh, It will be a little bit of a disappointment for both shows. But, um, you know, look. Hour 3 for Raw Monday was like 1.58 million viewers. Last week's Wednesday was 1.556 million viewers. Nobody brought up that Wednesday night wrestling was almost the same as hour three of Raw. Not that far off, everybody. It's amazing how people shit on Wednesday night wrestling ratings but then don't realize that it's almost the same number that Monday's getting now in a lot of ways. So, with that said, that is your AEW and NXT recaps. Um, everyone out there, recommendation. NWA started uh, debuted the premiere edition of Girl Power podcast. Thunder Rosa, Allison K, Camille, Marty Bell, uh, Myra Diaz-Gomez, uh, Gomes. Some people say Gomez. Gomes, it's Gomes, not Gomez. Ashley Vox. Very, very very raw deep episode talking about cyberbullying talking about Hana it's a very powerful episode um if you want to if you're a fan of these women and you want to hear some real raw you know just serious discussion go out of your way to watch it it's powerful it's powerful um it's it, it was just it, it tears that were shed online from this episode, were real, were real. I mean, it was just very, very deep. I actually had to pause it a few times. I wasn't getting choked up, but it was a little bit overwhelming with everything that's going on. And like I said on online, I'm not even black. You imagine you know what other people are going through. You know, it doesn't mean that you don't hurt too. But um, it was it was really, really powerful episode. So when they say girl power. This was girl powerful was powerful. Go check it out. MLW, uh, two announcements. You know, I don't think they offered refunds. I think just the tickets will be honored, although I don't think they had sold too many tickets from the get-go. But their original July 16th and 18th uh, shows that they were supposed to take place in New York City and Philadelphia, they have been rescheduled. The Philadelphia event that was supposed to take place in July, that has been moved to December 5th for ECW Arena. The original uh, event that was going to take place in July for New York, that has been moved to February 4th at the Melrose Ballroom. So, again, I don't believe they offered refunds, but tickets will be honored for those events. So you might want to go just make a note of that. Also, they have launched their... Uh, digital TV series, Pulp Fusion, it's called. Their press release, it's going to be on YouTube, and um, it's already premiered. And uh, their official description of the Pulp Fusion series, I quote, Pulp Fusion series as a creative tissue that connects what happened to the league and its athletes in a way of the shocking conclusion of the May 9th episode of MLW Fusion." Uh, Along the way, fans will learn what's ahead as they take a widely unique dive into the world of MLW each and every week. Pulp Fusion acts as a creative bridge and spinoff for Fusion during the series hiatus due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The episode digital short series features a variety of MLW athletes and personalities as well as some surprises. Produced virtually with the MLW production team working with talent from afar... The series looks to provide fans unique, unfiltered access to its roster of professional wrestlers. Um, Not bad. It goes exactly what I've been saying all along. You've got all these feds that are all streaming digital trying to generate some type of income no matter how small it is to just try to tread water and survive. Um, Check it out. I have not had a chance to check it out yet, but uh, it sounds interesting. Um, One other thing... That sounds interesting, and I think after this, uh, what else? Oh, you know what? Bef- be- you know, let's let's talk a little bit about Impact for a second. I have video. I have video. Everybody, um, Impact, Crowns new number one contenders to the World t- and Tag Team titles. Uh, this happened this past week. Ace Austin beat Zachary Wentz to become number one contender for Tessa Blanchard's Impact World Heavyweight Title. Um, next week on, uh, impact, they have, uh, knockouts championship match scheduled. Jordan Grace defends the title against Taya Valkyrie. You have Sammy Callahan versus Ken Shamrock versus Michael Elgin. Finesse and bench press, which is Johnny Swinger and Chris Bay. They're going to take on Willie Mack and Jake something. And Deanna Perrazzo does make another appearance. Um, so, uh, you know, not, not bad for Impact Wrestling. They seem to be very consistent. Um, you know, if you t- as far as the non-WWE and AEW promotions, they seem to be the most consistent during COVID. They have recorded a lot of footage that they still are airing. Um, but the big news this week was a video teaser. Now, I have it, and it is allowed to be streamed. I want you to pay very close attention to this video. Because during this episode of Impact, they teased Slammiversary, July 18th. That will be on pay-per-view. And they had uh, a reporter on there. A lot of people were wondering who he is. He actually worked in Nashville, Tennessee's Channel 5, I believe. His name is John Burton. No H in John. And um, he basically was teasing some surprises for Slammiversary. Now, think of the 90-day no-compete clause with WWE. This is going to be interesting. I don't know if it's going to stream live, but it, but here's what's interesting about it. Let's say the 90-day no-compete no happens right around the 18th of July. If somebody works for Impact two, three weeks before, films a match earlier, but it doesn't air until July 18th, are they breaking the 90-day no-compete for WWE? I'm curious. i got to actually do some research for that because... Impact is not profiting off of their work until that date. So I'm very curious. I got to check that out. But the video teaser that they posted got a lot of attention. So I'm going to share it with you right now. It's only about a minute, but I want you to look very, very closely at the photos of some names that they are teasing who might be appearing at Slammiversary.
0: Check this out breaking news from the world of professional wrestling over 20 plus superstars were released from their contracts amidst the ongoing global pandemic their fate currently remains unknown we will be closely monitoring the situation and we wish them all the best in their future future endeavors. endeavors future endeavors
1: Pretty interesting, right? They had Drake Maverick on there too, you know? But, you know, they obviously showed him as Rockstar Spud, so they don't have to worry about any infringement. But, um, you know, some interesting uh, images that showed on. Yeah, you know what, Benjamin, kudos to you, my friend, because, you know, let's look at that again, because that does sort of look like Creepy Ali on the couch, right? Tell me that doesn't look like Creepy
0: Ali on the couch. One more time. Breaking news from the world of professional wrestling. Over 20-plus superstars were released from their contracts amidst the ongoing global pandemic. Their fate currently remains unknown. We will be closely monitoring the situation, and we wish them all the best in their future endeavors. I'm
1: digging it. I'm digging it. I think that's uh, pretty cool. We'll see what happens with that. Um, hey, you know, look, 90 days or about no compete. And uh, you, know, you know what's funny? When I saw that person sitting on the couch and poured, like, some whiskey or whatever they were drinking, I thought that was Sammy Callahan. I don't, I'm not saying that that's what it was supposed to be. I guess it was just supposed to be somebody watching TV. But, um, hey, man, you know... I, I I like the teaser. Um, obviously, Spud will not be one of them. But, uh, hey, you know, Slammiversary will be here in about six weeks. We're going to have an interesting July, man. Because by July, uh, Florida will be in Phase 3 or Phase 4 of the reopen. We will have Fighter Fest going on for July 1st and July 8th. There will most definitely be fans in attendance for some of this. You will have Impact uh, doing their pay-per-view. There will be a little bit more normalcy. We will have indie feds already having their shows from ICW to GCW and others. So July is going to be, I think, a much better month for pro wrestling. Um, zombies is saying that two police officers just got shot in New York City. Man. You know, look... I I went on a whole rant last Friday. Very deep conversation. And um, I showed police spray and pepper spray for no reason at all. I think that was in Minnesota, it might have been. And there's a lot of things that angers me that I was so happy, not happy, but I was so relieved to see that they moved murder three up to murder two for that cop. Because when you listen to the verbiage, this is why I think murder two will stick. When one of the officers apparently does not get a pulse. I don't know how accurate this is because news is way wrong many times, but I actually was watching something earlier on a news broadcast that said that one of the officers that was there actually checked his pulse and said he did not feel a pulse. And after that piece of shit cop was told that he doesn't. The other cop doesn't feel a pulse. He kept his knee on his neck for another three and a half minutes. So once you realize that this guy may not have a pulse, and you still do that for three and a half minutes, that's where it goes into murder two territory, in my opinion. I don't think I know a lot of people out there want murder one. Trust me, when I tell you. I know it sounds easy for me to say it, and I'm not a lawyer, you do not want murder one. Because there is a high possibility of the cop being acquitted for murder one because they would have to prove intent before all this went down. And that seems almost impossible to prove. So would you rather it be murder two and almost have guaranteed conviction? Or roll the dice for a murder one and get nothing? I always think of, what was the, Casey Anthony. Remember Casey Anthony's case? One thing I always remembered from that case is, I think they charged her with murder one. And I remember throughout the trial, there was all this discussion like, they overcharged her, they overcharged her, they overcharged her. They should've did murder two or murder three that she wasn't, you know, looking to, but they had the computer searches and they had this and had that, so they were convinced they had the fucking case. And she got acquitted. So, you look, you gotta look, everybody's thinking with their heart, they're thinking with their anger, but you also have to think with your head. Unfortunately, we live on a constitution. We live with rules, and courts have rules. And you, before you use the emotion and say, murder one, murder one, murder one, look up murder one and really spend the time and read what has to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. And what happens if this guy would have been convicted for two, but they went with one and he got acquitted. Just look at what's going on right now. He'll go to jail for 20, 30, 40 years. Maybe a life sentence. I know a lot of you believe in a death penalty. A lot of you don't believe in a death penalty. I'm one that believes in a death penalty. But I will say this. I don't think he could get the death penalty for murder too. But just... Remember this, one of the biggest fears for cops, dirty cops, even if they had nothing to do with violence, cops, their biggest fear is going to jail because every criminal in jail, once they realize they have a cop in jail, that person, cops and pedophiles the, the, or, or sexual abusers, the worst things you can do in your life, dirty cop, Pedophile sexual abuser. Because uh, just convicts in jail, they they will, your life is in danger. Imagine living 20, 30, 40 years so fucking scared that everybody in that jail it could possibly kill you. That fucking guy will die before he is 50 from a heart attack, from all of that. Good. Let him suffer. Let him, let him fucking just to have his insides being eaten up and let him, you know, die a slow, miserable death. Piece of shit. That's why, like I say, you know, I swear to God, you know, for some people that think some of the things that I have evolved on over the last couple of years is fake and it's... You have no idea, man. You need to watch me on a regular basis for years and years and years because slowly a lot of this has been building. A lot of this... I always keep an open mind. and I'm always straight up. I'm not good at lying. And uh, man, that sucks about the two cops today. Because look, anybody that remembers how Don Tony was born, that guy Slash that I uppercutted with cannolis that time. um, You know, my little nephew was one of the, my two nephews were the two of the kids that got ripped off from that guy Slash. And at the time they were like nine years old. 10 years old, my and their father, my uncle, was deceased, killed himself. And um, to hear that this guy Slash ripped off my nephews, they were supposed to go to all the XPW trips for free. And after the last event, I found out from my aunt that both of my nephews paid that guy Slash 60 bucks a piece twice to go to XPW. You have no idea how much I wanted to knock that motherfucker out that he ripped off my own family. Well, one of those two nine-year-olds is now a cop. And he got, I swear on my mother, he got hit with a fucking brick over the weekend. He's on the force for not even two years. No complaints, nothing. So unfortunately, a lot of innocent officers are paying the price because of some dirty cops. So I feel bad, but I also feel that there's a lot of other dirty cops out there. And I think some of those dirty cops out there I think, are going to think twice next time because they're going to fear that their country will be in ruins because of their selfish actions. And you might think that that's a stretch in this, isn't it? But a lot of people seem to think like dirty cops are big MAGA supporters. So if you use that mindset that they're big lovers of our country, why would they want to see their country burned to the ground because of their selfish hate. I think it's going to scare a lot of people straight. Keep shooting those videos. I said it last Friday. Video is the game changer. Video in Karen's faces, video in anybody's, you know, racist faces, video in cops faces, video, video, video. The more that's out there, it's race relations have not gotten worse. They didn't get worse under Obama. They did not get worse under Trump. They are just now being shown on video. That is the difference. More are being shown on video. I went through that list on Friday. Go back and look at that list. That list was pretty damn, in, in, you know, uh, in, intense. And that was pretty, you know, deep. I did all that research myself. Pay attention to the years. All right, race relations have actually gotten better. But the bad hate, the the ones with hatred out there, they're getting caught more. That's the difference. Video is the game changer. So with that said, everybody, um, I think we are done. Uh, We'll continue this conversation on Friday a little bit more. Uh, You know what? That Clutch Adams piece of shit as well. You know, for those that don't know, You know, this week we had AEW Dark. I guess I could mention it. We had AEW Dark this week. And um, one of the matches that was supposed to take place was Clutch Adams against Sean Spears. It did not air in AEW Dark. Somebody uh, researched Clutch Adams' social media history and found some tweets from 2013 that were racist Homophobic. They were out fucking rages. And, you know, look, maybe the guy has changed his ways since then. But, you know, when you see someone that hateful, you know, that hateful. I mean, I'm not going to put the tweets up over here. You could look them up yourselves. But when you see someone that hateful, you know, the way it was, I don't blame AEW for cutting. Ties with the guy. They did not air his match. If he had any chance of possibly getting a contract down the line, he lost it. And um he is, he is already shut down his Twitter account. And um, terrible, terrible. But once again, you know, the more video comes out, look, people change. Some people get scared straight, some people open their eyes, some people evolve, some people learn. You know, that's why I played Monday and I played tonight that Nelson Mandela uh, quote. You know, we're not born to hate people. You learn over time to hate people. So if you learned to hate people, you could learn to love people. And um, that's a true fact. So people can change, people can improve. But um, for now, I don't blame AEW for cutting ties on that guy. So... uh, Let's see. I think that's pretty much it. Oh, you know what? Ah, this is funny. We could close out with this. And it's funny because who the fuck cares on this show? 205 Live aired last weekend, and uh, Tohoney Miles beat Danny Burch, which is kind of surprising to me. But uh, after having that rant on Tony Nese earlier, apparently Tony Nese beat Tyler Breeze. But again... Two oh five live. Nobody really pays attention to that. That's like below velocity level, and even velocity episodes back then were actually pretty good. But um, you know Tony Nice. Just think of that Tony Lee Nice, who they and NXT didn't help him tonight. Talking about his losing streak, they could have easily said, oh, you know, after winning a match on 205 Live. No, they just rather keep the losing streak storyline. So this win for Tony Nese meant nothing. And look, he beat Tyler Breeze, and now Tyler Breeze is number one contender for the tag titles. Go figure. Um, you know, I, I, I do want to mention one other thing before we go tonight. Um, actually, two things. Next week... Uh, Santana and Ortiz, along with Jake Hager, will take on best friends in Orange Cassidy and the Six Man. Mark Quinn will challenge for the TNT title. John Moxley will be wrestling. We don't know whose opponent is yet. And next week, uh, FTR will be taking on the Butcher and the Blade, which we talked about earlier. One thing I did not mention tonight was uh, FTR's interview with Tony Schiavone, and. Um, I'll be honest with you, man, the interview was a little bit disappointing. Oh, wow, they censored when Tony Schiavone said, I thought that FTR stood for Fuck the Revival. If you go back and you look at that and you hear their promo saying, oh, everybody should apologize to us for the last year and a half, and he, you know, talks about them being a great... I'm not going to lie, man, that interview felt very uneventful to me. Um... It felt like a promo they would have cut in WWE. It's cool to see him in AEW, don't get me wrong. Um, and I think they will leapfrog some tag teams in AEW, without a doubt. But I'm a little, they don't come rub off as baby faces for me right now. And going up against two ice cream men, I don't, that that match does not entice me all that much. So look, it, they just came in. So I'm going to give them plenty of time before I make my decision on it. But they were hyping up. Remember, and I'll leave everybody with this. They were hyping up that interview segment all week long. What are they going to say? They go- Nothing is out of bounds. Remember? Uncensored. Nothing. nothing. Eh, what are they going to say? And it was rather uneventful, in my opinion. So... um. They're obviously an excellent tag team, but I wasn't feeling it all that much. Oh, another match next week. Cole Cabana takes on Sammy Guevara. Okay. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) We'll see what happens. But with that said, everybody, wow, I went 45 minutes longer. Uh, You know, look, I have diehard AEW fans writing right now. It sucked. FTR's promo kind of sucked. I wouldn't say it sucked. It was just less in the substance department, not enough meat. You know, sometimes you order a steak dinner and they bring out a tiny little piece of steak. I could see it was filet mignon. But if you order like a sirloin steak or a ribeye and they give you fucking a piece of steak the size of a fucking filet mignon when it's not filet mignon, yeah, you kind of complain a little bit. AEW, I think, overhyped that interview segment a little bit too much. And then when you see two goofy fucking ice cream men, you know, walking down the stairs, my God, they sh- they should have slipped. You want to entertain me? Slip down the fucking flight of stairs, mustache man. So uh, anyway, I got to get out of here. It's almost 1 a.m. I told my fiance tonight, I'm like, honey, I'll definitely be done by 12. While the show is uploading and going to Codex, I'll call you. We'll talk and this, this and that. It's almost 1 a.m., so I lost my opportunity to say goodnight to my significant other, so that's all right. One big family. She'll understand. She'll say to me, ah, that $22 of Super Chat after YouTube's deductions, that's coming my way. So, no, I'll probably put it back in the show. So, I'm dishonoring ice cream men. Come on, how the fuck do you go from that to that? I could see if you come into a company looking like an ice cream man, and then you shave your head, put on leather stuff, and look like a fucking freak. All right. Wow. Big transformation. This is like Alex Wright in reverse. That's like when Alex Wright, if he would have debuted in WCW's Berlin, and then fucking just developing a character, and then he disappears for a month. We'll say COVID-10. And then he comes back, and instead of him being Berlin, he's doing this. What a step down. Seriously, AEW, how the fuck do you look at those two guys? I, I mean, seriously, Butcher Blade. Do you, could you look in your hotel mirror right now and look at yourselves wearing fucking good humor outfits? Do you look in the mirror and say, yeah, man, this is much better. This is fucking great. I mean, look, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll leave you with this. Not making a prediction. I would not be surprised if they're back in the ring wearing their wrestling attire from before because and it's going to be interesting because if they go back to wearing the leather you know when you have a gimmick they try to kind of portray your gimmick on the outside as well so that's what S M guys wear in the real world you know when we're not wearing leather outfits with zippers and spikes you know we like to relax in our tidy whiteys and white t-shirts it is a Oh my God, it's god awful. So, uh, I'm done. Everybody, much love. It's been great. It's been real. Follow me on Twitter at Don Tony D, and if you'd like to email me, like I said, even for some of those haters out there, you know, they, look, there's always going to be instigators, and uh, people want to start shit, you know. Uh, <laughs> I won't even go there, but, you know, if they're authentic and what they want to discuss and anything, they they know how to reach me. Don Tony at DonTony.com, as always. So I want to thank you all for tuning in tonight. Much love. And I will be back uh, Friday with the Don Tony Show. We'll talk about SmackDown, predictions for NXT, you know, a couple other news tidbits here and there. And then uh, right after that, wait a minute. TakeOver is... TakeOver Sunday. TakeOver is TakeOver Sunday. So I'll be doing takeover um Sunday. Yeah. So um oh Darren, I haven't been on Instagram in about a month. I set up Instagram and I added some photos and really didn't get much, you know, much response to it, so I just kind of like abandoned it for a little while. I could, re- you know, go back on there and check it out, but I haven't been on in- Instagram much. There's been so much going on, you know, plus I got real work going on. And just when I thought I was done with COVID claims, now I got to wor- worry about filing looting claims. And, oh, it's a mess. It's a mess. But, um, dude, before I go, everybody, um, is takeover Sunday or Saturday? So I'm just waiting for the chat room because there's like a three or four second delay. Takeover is, I think takeover is Sunday because it's got to be the 8th, I believe. June 8th is, is Sunday. So... Let's just, look, Jody, if uh, if we get on the topic of politics Friday, we'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, It is Sunday. Okay. So I will be here Friday for the Don Tony Show. I'll be here Sunday for uh, the In Your House recap, NXT TakeOver. As far as an episode of blah, 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 um, maybe we'll do that Saturday, or maybe we'll do like a special afternoon show, like Monday or Tuesday. I've been wanting to do a chat with everybody out there. Uh, on Patreon, like a a Discord chat. We do a video Zoom, or maybe we do an audio and video one. So let's see how much news we pull together. So I'll let everybody know. Just uh, keep attention to Patreon, patreon.com slash Don Tony. Next week will definitely be breakfast soup once again. So everybody, I'm out of here. Much love. Stay safe. Stay strong as always. And uh, I thank you as always for the support. Much love, everybody, and uh, I'll catch you all again Friday. Take care. Don, oh, my. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pull after you're hitting the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. Don, oh, my. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic, and he misplaced the belt, and how could you have someone champion like that? the fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Don, oh, my. You can have fun. You really are.